0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Richie long alongside Brandon Bisco Bing. Coming to you live here from another stadium. Here, as we uh, we've kind of getting into this thing where we decided to take the trip out of the studio and down and on the field and on the sidelines. Is we're coming to you live today from the Fort. That's right. It's a good rivalry, but it's going to be the B team getting after it from Fort Dorchester, taking on the guys from Somerville. There's uh, a legendary matchup. That got a lot of conversation, a lot of storylines, and a lot of things that will be talked about here tonight throughout the helmets all the way down to the paints, to the jerseys. You name it, there will be uh, always a good conversation happening here tonight on tonight's show. Now, we've got a loaded crew with us tonight. It's going to be David Shelton from the First and joining me at 630. Talking to us about some of the big matchups that are going to be happening here this weekend. We'll get into that with, of course, David right at 6.30. Then at 7 o'clock, we're going to head to a JV game where we're going to catch up with two head coaches who are going to be pulling for teams on the other side. Of course, the big Friday night game of the week here in the low country for Southern Sports Central is going to be Oceanside taking on Hanahan. That one could easily determine who wins that region and how that thing ends up overall. So we'll wait and uh, meet with Coach Cole. He's 2-0 after a big win against North Charleston last week. They uh, opened up with a win against Bishop England. They continue to find ways to just roll through their schedule. But tomorrow night, it's their first home game, where they'll actually be playing over with the Citadel plays at Johnson Haygood at 7.30 kickoff. They'll bring in the Hanahan Hawks. And, of course, that is going to be Coach Art Craig. He is a first-year coach over there. But they're also 2-0. So he'll check in with us at 7.30. And then at 8 o'clock, as we will always do going forward, we check in with one of the guys, the girls from Loco Sports. This time it's Wes Kerr who joins us at 8 o'clock to let us know what's going on with the guys in the lower part of the Low Country. So it's going to be a great night for football, great night for conversation. Brandon, I bring you in as your man in the studio up in Myrtle Beach for us. And uh, you hear in the background, of course, the music playing. Earlier it was the band playing as they were getting ready for uh, what is going to be homecoming tomorrow night here at the Fort. They'll be hosting a team out of Salt. Should be a pretty big night for the Fort. The manpower is going to be big and strong. It's going to be a great matchup for uh, you guys, as I believe y'all are taking on Sumter. You're hitting the road, man. That's got to be our game of the week up on the Grand Strand, man.
2: I, I would have to say that. going to be game the the only other game that has that big of a matchup in terms of ranking and everything. And even this, you know, it, it all depends upon what poll you're looking at, but the only other game that looks even close to this matchup in terms of rankings and in terms of importance is river bluff against Dutch fork.
1: Yeah. River bluff, you know, hasn't played a game yet all summer or all season. Excuse me. That's hmm. their first game tomorrow night. So that one, went- as far as 5A is concerned, of course, 4A, there is another matchup. As we talked about the Oceanside and uh, Hanahan matchup, that's 3A. But in 4A, that matchup between Myrtle Beach and mm-hmm. West Florence, we're going to yeah. find out real quick, is West Florence a contender or are they a pretender? We'll find out here, of course, uh, that information sometime uh, at the end of about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. That's the game of the week, uh, on the Grand Strand here, uh, T V wise. Uh but yeah, Sumter of the Call, a fun one to watch tomorrow night. And it's gonna be a hoss fight. That's all I gotta say about that. It's just gonna be the it's gonna be the battle to watch is gonna be the battle up front between those two lines.
1: There's going to be a lot of matchups, a lot of guys watching, a lot of clocks. They'll figure out, you know, uh, you know who's the pretender, who's the contender. Uh, you know, all of that conversation is going to be had. And, of course, coming out of, uh, you know, down here in the low country, there's a lot of teams like up on the Grand Strand, like in the Midlands, like in the Upstate, where if they lose, they're out. I mean, that's kind of the neat story headline week after week. It started last week where teams were dealt their second loss in the region after week two and already wondering what if, what happened. And now it is a put up or shut up, grind until you can find a win for a lot of teams. And there's even Dorman. You know, Dorman at one point was supposed to size up against, uh, well, a Burns team who the Rebels were really gearing up for that game. I think there was a lot of excitement, but because of a word we don't use on this network, I feel like that was the push and the pullback between these two programs. So with that being said, just imagine, what if, What if Dorman loses that game tomorrow night, if it would have been played between Burns? Do you realize, Brandon, that Dorman is out of the playoffs. That's just how big a game every game is going forward, man.
2: Yeah, and that just shows how big that game last week for Dorman was. And, you know, like you said, you know, and and we talk about it all the time, mostly when it comes to college, but when it comes to high school as well, that, you know, Everyone wants every single game to matter and for every single game to have the utmost importance. Well, this year you're getting it because with only two teams per region making it, every game's important. You need to pray you need to basically win out your region in order to ensure that you're gonna make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, you gotta win every game, and that's the fun part. I mean, while wow, we get the whole dynamics of certain things in football. And, yeah, it's a shorter season. It's seven games. For some, it's only five games, maybe even down to four. But this, to me, and I get it. I understand everybody wants nine or ten games, and they want to play more games. They want to get after it in different ways. But for me, you know, the way I look at it, Brandon, is like this. This, to me, is a perfect scenario for many things. A, we started later. You don't see as many guys going down with cramps. I've seen a few, but not nearly not nearly as much as we would see in August or September. Because we started late in September, that's not quite the issue. Of course, we're also finding out how big a deal is it for, you know, conditioning. Who stayed healthy? Who had to get healthy? They always say if you're in shape, you don't have to get in shape. You can stay in shape, all that fun stuff. So there's a lot of different scenarios. There's a lot of different headlines. And for guys like myself and you and two of the beat writers, they're going to be joining us here tonight. Man, this is kind of like Disney World. Every Friday night, there's always going to be something special. There's always going to be a different headline. There's always going to be a total different conversation, be it on our show here tonight or your show bright and early in the morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so many different storylines right now. And and like you said, you know, the fact that you have every game meaning even more than it does. You no, know, Yeah, we want to see 10 games a season. We want to be able to get those extra games in. But at the same time, this year is one of those fun years where you just look at it and say, okay, we're going all out right from the jump, and let's see what happens. let's see who can get out of the gates early and play well throughout the season. And likely going to be the one that's standing at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different question marks. You know, down here on this side of the world, you guys, oh, West Ashley's a team – that there's a lot of questions. Are they as good as what their record says? They're coming in tomorrow night. They're playing Somerville. And for, for West Ashley, the Wildcats, who have a coach, well, you guys know he's from that side of the world out of uh, the, the, the Myrtle Beach area that comes up to 5A football, and he's got his Wildcats believing. They win not one, but two big games. They beat Ashley Ridge last week on their, uh, I believe, senior night, week before they talked about Stahl, and they're scoring like 100 points between the two games. That, to me, is impressive. They've got – a running back that's really good, seems to be very elusive. But we'll find out this weekend because they're going to take that trip up down 61 into Somerville where well, they'll head over to McKissie Field. And if Somerville finds a way to win, well, that makes it a little bit more interesting. But if Goose Creek – excuse me, if West Ashley wins that game, if West Ashley wins that game, they're already in the playoffs. So there are yeah. teams that have played – if they play three region games, there's a good chance – they could clinch a a playoff berth in week three. That's unheard of. To me, that's one of the many different storylines that you'll start to hear about going forward as well.
2: Well, one thing we talked about, and you you were talking about whether Ashley, the same can be said about West Florence this week when they face off against Myrtle Beach at Myrtle Beach. And the crazy thing about Region 6-4A is right now you have two teams that are undefeated in region play. Now, one of those will obviously go down to, you know, a one-loss team this weekend after Myrtle Beach and West Florence. But theoretically, you could see a one-loss team miss out. Well, more than likely with it being 4A and the fact that the lower state has two at-large bids, more than likely that one-loss team would make it to the playoffs anyway but you could theoretically see a one-loss team not make it into the playoffs this season in region 6 because you could have you know Myrtle Beach beat West Florence but then West Florence beat North, North Myrtle North Myrtle beat Myrtle Beach and all three teams only have one loss on the season. Yeah, I think that's
1: one of the things that there's a lot of different people looking at. And they're looking at this at-large thing. And I don't believe there's an at-large in 5A. And I'd have to go down and look yeah, at 3, 7. 2, and 1. But when you start to kind of put everything in perspective and you start to hang out and you start to see certain things, for me personally, you know, it definitely adds different things to the conversation. So you start to kind of understand that, that headlines are going to be made every single Week. I mean, every single Friday night, you'll be coming out of a game going, man, I didn't see that happening. And I think you're right. But I think even though in 5 eight, think about this. There's going to be, I'm sure, a region somewhere that's going to have three teams with one loss. It's easy to happen. It can easily happen. Then you've got to go down to points differential, and there's different teams and things that you're going to look at. So for me personally, the way that I look at it is that you could easily have a team that could have been a threat an opportunity to do some things within the confines, of course, uh, what's going to happen with the playoffs. Again, there's, again, so many things. And I can't wait to have David Shelton, guys. He's going to be joining us all the way right here in Charleston as he's one of the big-time beat writers around the state and covers it for the Post and Courier. And he released earlier today his top ten teams in the Low Country. He also put out games to watch. I'm sure the big game for him – well, there will be two, and we already mentioned one of those, was the Oceanside – in Hanahan game, That is going to be at Johnson-Haygood. That's where the Citadel plays at normally. So, with that being said, he'll probably be somewhere in that game. And then the other one is going to be up in Somerville where the Green Wave are going to in a mess-with situation, to be honest with you. That one also going to be a conversation that we'll wait to see how that one lays out too, Brandon. What are some of the other games up on the Grand Strand other than Myrtle Beach and West Lawrence? And, of course, that game that you're going to be at calling – Sumter and Carolina Forest. Other than those two games who's some other games that we're going to keep an eye on.
2: Well, one game that this one will basically determine now, I don't know if either one of them will be able to catch up with Carolina force and Sumter, but this game will determine who is still a, a contender and who is pretty much completely knocked out. And that's Sockesby at Conway uh, this weekend. So that's a that's the other big matchup in five A. And then going over to four A, you've got North Merrill Beach at Wilson, which Wilson, you know, they, they played very well against Darlington, but it is Darlington. So now it's the moment of seeing if Wilson can kinda of get back into their winning form or if North Merrill Beach can continue their hot start. Which I saw a stat uh, that Wayne White posted earlier this week. That they've scored the most points in their first two games since I think like ninety nine or something along those lines, so they've come out to a very start, uh this season um, and then going further down let's go into three a you you've got a couple of matchups in in three a that that look like they could potentially be uh be interesting. Uh, Georgetown and loris those two teams, you know, both of them one and zero in the region, and they're both trying to stay in contention for that second spot in in Region Seven. And then Anor and Wakamoa, you know, Anor is trying to bounce back after a tough loss to Dylan last week, trying to stay in contention. Walkamona not very not playing very well thus far this season 0 and 02 in the region. So they're basically out of it anyway, but now they can kind of try to play spoiler against ANOR uh this weekend. The uh, Richie. So I'll go down a few of the other uh ranking or a few of the other games. We'll go down to 1A uh Johnsonville and Lakeview, both of those teams Two and zero overall. Lakeview only having the one win in region play, but that one win is against Quincy Floyd. So that's the matchup that they're going to want to win, especially having Justin. So that'll be a big matchup in one A this weekend here on the Grand Strand as Richie has returned. Richie, left
3: Yep,
1: yep, yep. I'm here, buddy. Uh, we're coming to you live all the way from a high school here in North Charleston and, uh, of course, Fort Orchester. We're, we're excited about the opportunity. And the reason that we're doing these Thursday night shows out on the road is because we've waited. We've waited for these moments. You know, we, we were in a studio. We were locked in. We had, you know, stipulations. We couldn't get out. Right now, we can do kind of what we need to do. As long as we're socially distanced, we feel like, you know what, we're pretty good. We feel pretty good about where we're at here. So we're going to, Continue to do this on Thursday nights. We'll take road trips. Eugene, of course, he'll be places. Now, next week, we could be going back to Wednesday nights, and this V and the South Carolina High School Blitz could be ended up down here on uh, Thursday nights. Just stay tuned, and we'll release our program schedule every single Sunday, and uh, you just have to follow it there. I mentioned it earlier, and that is, of course, uh, a guy that does a great job. is going to be doing this in about 10 minutes, uh, David Shelton. He works for the, uh, the newspaper here in Charleston. And that being said, he did release out some information earlier today. He gave us his top ten. And, uh, you know, Brandon, for you, this is kind of a learning thing because I don't know how familiar you are with our teams down here in the low country. But here's his low country top ten. The Fort, Fort Dorchester, 2-0. After a big win last week, they really handled business against the seventh-ranked team out of Goose Creek. They are number four going into Friday night. They come out in some polls, two, some three. But they are number one on the top ten poll there at 2-0. Goose Creek, as I mentioned, they're one and one at this point. And for me, you know, that shows you how big a win that was for the Fort. they They're able to beat a team out of Goose Creek who, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not a good team. And I tell guys all the time, when you beat a team, never downplay that win. Because after a while, people are going to wonder how strong that schedule is. But Goose Creek is the number two team right now currently in his top ten. Number three is First Baptist. There's 5-0 and First Baptist. That is a skis of school on James Island. They are one of the fierce guys out there. They're 5-0, and by the way, right now in skis. The Oceanside, we mentioned those guys. They have Joe Call over there. They'll be hosting Hanahan tomorrow night. That's going to be over at johnson Hagan Stadium. 7.30 kickoff there. Berkeley, the Stags. We were actually at that game, remember, Monday night a couple of weeks ago where they dropped one to Goose Creek with two points on the board, shy of winning that game. But they are 1-1. One and one. Number six is that Hanahan team we just talked about, how dangerous is Hanahan with Art Craig now. Comes in from Timberland. He's now over there. Tomorrow night we'll find out who is the big dog in that classification in 3A over on that side of the region because that one could be a winner-take-all, kind of like the game that Brandon Biscobing is going to be covering over there with, of course, uh, Carolina Forest and Sumter. The seventh team, the top seven is what he's got here um, because, well, no, he's got a few more here on the bottom. So, seven is going to be West Ashley. They're 2-0. and We mentioned they're going to Somerville on Friday night. We'll find out what they have. They're, of course, sitting over there at 2-0. One game away, by the way. West Ashley is one game away from being region ready, which means they will be in the playoffs with a win tomorrow night against Somerville. The number eight team is Baptist Hill. They took on a Cross team out of town over in Cross and beat Cross very, I think, three overtimes is what it ended up coming down to, but – they are 2-0. Phillip Simmons, a new school down here in the Lowcountry, they're 2-0. That one's going to be a heck of a matchup tomorrow night. They actually host a team out of Woodland, which is up near Dorchester and the uh, area of uh, St. George. And then the final top ten team is Wando. They're 1-1. They will have a, a battle tomorrow night. Not sure who's on that schedule. We'll ask David Shelton what he thinks of that and we'll kind of go from there. So it should be, you know, an interesting matchup. But top ten teams, a lot of great teams down in this area. Kind of go back to your conversation with Socrates. They play Conway. That's a rivalry game. There's a lot on the line for both of these teams, not only in the region, but also in the conversation. for so these guys to be able to go around and, and have the conversation about what they're doing, where they're going, but just to have the bragging rights. Socrates won the first one against St. James last week. They're back at the grind again this week, where they'll now get to see the likes, of course, of um, Conway and, uh, you know, uh, Terry, the quarterback there. What is your thoughts on Terry? Have you guys – when you saw the young man, he's a senior quarterback. I know his dad's head coach over there. But does he have the capability of taking this team a little deeper in the season than maybe we thought he would?
2: I'm not so sure because one of the things – one of the issues that they're going to have is that that offensive line – I mean, the the Carolina Forest defensive line is great, but they were just able to get through like it was nothing. It seemed like it was one second and he was in trouble. So that's something that they're going to need to work on. Yes, he has the athleticism to make plays and to you know, get out of the pocket and, and create a little bit more space. But without having that time, he's really going to struggle – uh, in in being able to make or, you know, like I said, Carolina Forest defensively has been dominant thus thus far. So I don't really know how much you can take in terms of how well he played against a very strong defense like that. But it was it was definitely something that. that they need to work on. This weekend is going to be a big test for both teams to see who is kind of on their way to things. I mean, I think at this point we have to we we everyone is in agreement that Carolina Forest and Sumter are the cream of the crop in Region Six. But beyond yeah, that, everybody
1: else, kind of gets that too, right? Yeah.
2: But beyond that who that number three team is at this point is still up for debate. So that's going to be what's going to be interesting this week. You know, St. James is at the bottom. We already saw them lose to the two. We saw them lose, you know, middle tier teams in five, in region six. So now it's the, the deciding game of, okay, who's at that number three spot between these two teams. Is it Conway? Is it Socasty? And the one thing that's kind of interesting about D, now, is it likely that this happens? No. But Sokusty comes into this game after already being St. James, and next week they'll be facing off against Carolina Forest at home. So if Sokusty is able to get this win, they could theoretically try to go into week four saying, hey, if we beat Carolina Forest, we're the kings of the beach at least in 5A because we've been all three of the other Myrtle Beach teams. So that may give them a little extra incentive going into this one against Conway.
1: Yeah, that'd be the kind of interesting thing for me to see as far as sitting down here watching my alumni, by the way, soccer, C. And and what can uh, Coach Hamp do down there? Uh, Of course, uh, I'm going to come back to you, let you talk a little bit here. We're going to do, of course, the – a star-spangled banner, so hang tight.
2: Yeah. yeah. um, but, yeah, you know, like you said, uh, the that matchup between Conway and Sokisti is going to be that one that is really not so much who is the top of the heap. I think that's the kind of interesting thing about this week when it comes to Region 6 5 a is that there are two games that are determining certain positions within the region. I think we basically have assumed that Sumter, at this point, that Sumter and Carolina Forest are the top two teams, are one and two in Region six. Now it's the, 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 the deciding game to see who is at that top spot. Is it Sumter or is it Carolina Forest? Yeah. And then underneath that, you've got Conway and Sox, where this is the determining game for those two to see who is that second team on the grand strand in 5a is it conway are they still better than socasty or is it socasty you know even though they've you know they lost to sumter so both of these teams both socasty and conway both lost to one of the two top two teams already and now, you know, and then next week you've got uh Socrates facing Carolina Forest. And then the week after that you've got Conway facing Center out something. So that you know, so those games are gonna be uh, interesting as well. this weekend is a very fun weekend and a very insightful weekend over in region six. And I think we have to see that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of conversations here as we're coming to you live all the way here at the Ford. This is a B-team game tonight where a rivalry will uh, be kicking off here in about three minutes and 15 seconds. That is, of course, the Fort Worcester Patriots hosting the Somerville Green Wave. And this is a really deep I – I'm in mean, a deep-rooted rivalry here that's going to be kicked off here. And, again, uh, about three minutes away as the captains are at the field. Uh, let's take a quick break because when we come up at 630, it's David Shelton from the – Post and Courier. He'll talk some Friday Night Lights low country style. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here from the Ford. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie. I'm alongside Brandon Disco Big. We're waiting a few minutes here. We'll get in here in just a moment. We'll have uh, David Shelton from the Post and Courier joining us here. Uh, Brandon, keep an eye on the, uh, on, on the lines there, I believe. Just like that. Look at there. Live. I don't know where he's at, but he's uh, ready to talk to Friday Night Lights with us. That is David Shelton. What's up, David? Hey, Richie. I'm headed over to Berkeley to watch them and Nashville Ridge play. <laughs> oh, that's right. There is so Thursday I'm, I'm glad they
0: moved that to game to a
1: Thursday. Now I got something to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm over here watching Fort Dorchester B team taking on Somerville's B team So, uh, man, yeah, So it's, it's starting early over here, man. they just uh, getting ready to kick off, man. Uh, how's the week been, man? I saw your top ten getting out there. Of course, you lead it with the Fort. You don't even drop, really, Goose Creek. Uh, That shows a lot of respect for both teams that played on Friday night. But kind of talk a little bit about the article and some of the good things that you put out there earlier today. Well, you know, to
4: be honest with you, Richie, doing a top ten, it's very difficult after number one because number one is a clear-cut number one. I mean, there is nobody in the Charleston area that can handle Fort Dorchester. It's not even close. Um, Fort Dorchester is going to have to have a bad night for somebody in this area to beat them. Um, and that's Somerville, Berkeley. I mean, they, they handled Goose Creek. Now, Goose Creek was playing, you know, their second game in five days. And, you know, they got, they're got they better than they looked the other night, I, I'm sure. But Fort Dorchester is far and away number one. Um, you know, you've got teams like West Ashley that's 2-0, and First uh, Baptist is five and zero. They got a big game tomorrow night playing Hammond. Um Baptist Hill is two and zero. You try to give you try to give love to those teams that are winning, but but with a top ten,
1: it's pretty much uh, number one and then the rest. To be honest with you, we're live right now with David Shelton talking about the Friday Night Lights. The that are going to be kicking off of for for Everybody, but of course, Ashley Ridge and uh, Berkeley, which are getting ready to kick off here, uh, well, there, in about an hour, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You know, you look at some of the other games that are happening, you know, before we get into that, you know, you were at the game. You saw exactly what Fort had to bring to the table. Do you feel, after watching them handle business on Friday night, is this Coach Leprad's best season, best opportunity to honestly – Go in and and, and take on and, and really compete heavily against that team, as we all know, is just sport.
4: You know, I don't know, I, I I don't know because, and I'll say this, I'll say they're very talented and they've got speed and they've got uh, they've got a, they they got everything, but they're not going to have any competition, and I think that's going to hurt them, uh, or could hurt them once you get to the playoffs because they're going to roll over people, uh, they're not going to get a lot of challenges. And, you know, then you have to get it up to to play a Sumter or to play a a Dutch Fort. And, you know, they're just as good and just as athletic and just as fast. But maybe they've been challenged and tested a little more. Um, You know, so so we'll see. I I mean, I think talent-wise, defensively, I think this is one of his best teams. And, you know, he said it the other night. This team reminds him a lot of the 2015 team with their chemistry and uh, their attitude and their work ethic, that's a good thing uh, because 2015 was a very special group. Um, you know, of course, you got a sophomore quarterback in Osborne who's not what on Joyner was uh, as a quarterback, but he's pretty dang good. And uh, their receivers are good. Their tight ends are good. Their running back, he's a stud. Offensive line is really big and strong. Uh, they can run on defense a good secondary you know so we'll have to see I, I just worry that their normal schedule had this been a normal year they were playing dorman early in the season uh they had somebody else really good early i can't remember what the original Mer- schedule Merle was yeah they had, yeah, had Myrtle Beach
1: on the schedule Who? too Merle- yeah. Merle Beach beats so, on the schedule so I, as
4: well i thought i thought that they their early their early schedule would help them if it was the normal schedule but this this revamped uh, region only schedule plus uh, Berkeley and Goose Creek. Uh, you know Berkeley will do some things with them, but but I mean we thought that last year and they destroyed Berkeley. So uh, you know I, I I just think they're good. Uh, I think they're very good. I, I worry that that they won't be pushed enough before the playoffs. And I mean I think they're definitely a team that could get to the you know two or three rounds in. I I'm, I'm not saying they'll get beat in the first round, but but when you go up against a Dutch Fork or or Sumter, you you better be able to bring your A game and, and raise your level of play.
1: Maybe they can,
4: we just don't know.
1: We're live right now with David Shelton with the poster carrier, one of the great ones here, not only in the low country, but around the state, as he helped out multiple places around the state on Friday nights. Now, David the game that we're all going to be watching, of course, not only where you're at tonight, but a game that's going to be out in Somerville between an undefeated West Ashley team who handled business against uh, Ashley Ridge, the team you're going to watch on their senior night. But now, hard to think of, on the third week of the year, they win tomorrow night in Somerville. They are in the playoffs, and Somerville is probably on the outside looking in and hoping that somebody else can help them out a little bit.
4: Yeah, you're right, and
1: and I think I think you know they both
4: still have to play Fort. So you, if you just assume they're both going to lose to Fort Dorchester, uh, uh, the winner the winner of this game tomorrow night will be end up probably second in the region and win the tiebreaker head to head. So they'll be in the playoffs. So you're right, uh, week three, and it's it's a huge game for both teams. Uh, we'll find out, you know, about West Ashley a little bit. Uh, I think Somerville will be a very good defense. Uh, they'll be the best defense they've played so far because uh, Ashley Ridge's defense is not very good right now, and Stahl has given up, you know, 120 points in two weeks. So I think that'll be the test is will West Ashley's offense be able to to run the football and roll up the big numbers like they have in the first two weeks. To get some of them.
1: Now, of course, tonight you're on the other side of another region here. Of course, uh, it's an out-of-region game. Berkeley is they're going to be taking on a a team that's coming off licking their wounds now 0-2 and Shane Fidler has been welcomed in uh, I guess in style here coming into the low country now he's got to go up against Berkeley another powerhouse team in the 5A part of life but uh, also you've got Wando and Strapper playing one another Cane Bay and Goose Creek who do you like on that side of the region at this point in the body of work we've seen David when it comes down to if you had that crystal ball going forward
4: well, I definitely think it's Goose Creek and Berkeley. Uh, I, I, You know, but if Wando, the window of the Wando-Stratford game stays alive, uh, the loser is done uh, in terms of making the playoff. They both have to play Goose Creek um, still ahead. So both of them need to win. They need to have one loss when they go into that game. I don't know that Berkeley is going to lose another game. Uh in the region, so I, I really think you know, Goose Creek is going to go undefeated, Berkeley will have one loss, and everybody else is playing for third
3: at this point.
1: Live right now with David Shelton from, of course, the Post and Courier. David, another game that we're going to be looking at is uh, well, we'll have both of these coaches on right after you, Joe Call with Oceanside, hosting over at, uh, of course, Johnson Haggard Stadium, Hanahan, and Art Craig's new program, who's also undefeated. Give me a preview of this one, man. Who's going to be the dog standing up when this one's over?
4: Well, I don't know, but I'm going to be there to see it, so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they match up really well. You know, uh, Oceanside's got some guys on offense that, are, that have never been in this big a game. Uh, Hanahan has not been in this big a game in a couple of years. Uh, they got good players, but uh, but they did not. I mean, they won one game last year. But I think art has really turned that program around. Their confidence level's high. I think Joe uh has walked right into uh replacing Chad Greer and kept everything rolling. Got a really good coaching staff, uh, really good players. Uh but but I definitely think uh I think these are the two best teams in the region and I think they'll both be in the playoffs, but you'd like to be that number one team going into the playoffs. So this is basically Uh, de facto region championship game, and I think it's going to be one to watch.
1: Live still with David right here talking about all the action here on Friday night coming up. Uh, We don't have a lot of 4A action on this side of the low country, but down there in Buford, they do have a lot of teams that play 4A football. Of course, uh, Coach McCoy is a guy who I believe in time will build a very good program over there at James Island. It's just not looking like this year is that year. However, give me a kind of an idea of what you see in 4A when it comes to some teams that we don't normally get a chance to talk about down maybe on the southern part of the Low Country.
4: Well, I mean, I definitely think the team, the team, the, te- the best team is May River. Uh, I think they're the their team to beat. Uh, I would say right now maybe Buford uh, is probably the second best team, but Colleton County is is got some ability and some players and certainly could beat Buford. Uh, Could play with Buford, um, but I, I really think everybody playing behind May River in that region. It's a competitive region, you know. Bluffton is not great, but they can beat some people, you know, if you don't play well. And and but I, I think the and Buford winner of that game will probably end up second because I I, I kind of just feel like May River's got a little bit a little bit more personnel than the rest of them.
1: Now, we look down a two-way, and you don't have to go too far because you've got a uh, a team, number one, that's hosting tomorrow night that's going to be, I think, a pretty good matchup. And uh, a team that's not very known for, of course, uh, being undefeated over there on the Mount Pleasant side of the world, hanging out and bringing a team like Woodland. Now, Woodland, of course, went on the road to p- facing the Abbeville team. David, let's just be honest. Abbeville's in a different league. They kind of do their own thing. That doesn't knock, of course, the likes of Woodland. They're kind of like the the Forts. And that Goose Creek reason, uh, but when you look at Philip Simmons, first time they are two and zero. What do you think about this two A matchup coming out tomorrow night? Yeah,
4: I think I think uh, Woodland is going to have to to get ready to play. I I, I think they've got better talent than than Philip Simmons, but I'm telling you, uh, Philip Simmons is a dangerous team right now because they're playing sky high. They got a lot of kids that have played a lot of football over the last three years, and they've been a varsity program. Um, they'll be excited. Uh they'll have to definitely bring their A game because Woodland's passing game will will not get shut out. Uh I mean you're right, Abbeville's in another stratosphere and Woodland Woodland defensively was not ready for Abbeville. Uh they're they're you're young on defense and Abbeville just runs the football down your throat. Uh I had a feeling that game was gonna be about like it was. I thought maybe they'd score a little bit. But uh, they'll score tomorrow night, and Phillip Simmons is going to have to be able to score with them. But it's a huge game for Phillip Simmons. I mean, to think that three years into it, if they could win this game, you know, it would be them and Timberland for the region championship. I still think Timberland's the best team in that region. But, you know, somebody's got to be number two, and uh, it'll be one of these two teams, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, David. You know, the one thing, and I said this about Simmons. once they get their coaches and they get that culture starting to be building up over there because of the athletes, that you and I are very familiar with where they're coming from, again, this has hurt Panahan, if I'm not mistaken, and probably some of the Timberland team, too. They uh, now get a very good nucleus of athletes that are going to be fast. They've got that tall, lengthy body style where they're able to go up and catch it. And, again, I feel like going forward, this is a team that's going to make a lot of noise, not only this year but going forward. Before we get you out of here, David, I, I want to get Brandon in in just a minute, but the final one I got for you is I got to talk about Skeezer just a little bit because we loved autumn, because they were the first ones kicking this thing off before we talked about the public schools. And, of course, uh, those hurricanes over there at First Baptist are sitting at 5-0, and oh, man. Is this a special season for those guys? And kind of talk a little bit about the Skeezer around Charleston, if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, I, I think they're I think they're in for a special season, and tomorrow night would be a very special win. Uh, Hammond is the king of Skeezer. Three uh, A, they're they're the big dog. They are, you know, they're the the Alabama of Skeezer right now. And First Baptist, you know, would like to be able to play with them and challenge them. Uh, First Baptist is undefeated, and they beat some decent teams. So I think they're, I think they've got a shot tomorrow night. I, I uh, you know, they're going to have to play very well. Uh, Hammond is uh, good again. Hammond's not as good at the quarterback position that they have been in the past few years, but they got CJ Stokes and he's a stud runner. Uh, he's a big time back and they got a big offensive line and they can, they can fly around on defense. Their defense has been very good. And first fabulous has been able to score some points. So it'll definitely be a, a battle of wills. Um, first fabulous has got a shot, but uh, you know, having a shot and then going out and beating Hammond and Eric Kimry are two different things. So, uh, you know, we wish him certainly wish him luck, but it is definitely a
2: challenge. Hey David, Brandon Bisco here, and you were talking about, you know, rankings and and teams being the Alabama of certain areas and obviously Dutch Fork has been the Alabama of the of the lower state for the past couple of years. Looking at it with you know, you mentioned Fort Dorchester being the cream of the crop down in the low country. You've got Sumter up here in uh, over in the upper part of the low, uh, of the uh, lower state, and obviously you've got Carolina Forest out here on the Grand Strand. That's going to be a big matchup this weekend. But do you think, just based on what you've seen so far, is anyone going to be able to knock Dutch Fork off their perch this year? You
4: know, I I, I would say right now, if I were a betting man, I would lay my money on Dutch Fork just because of – their program and who they are. And they're so well coached. Uh, but I tell you, I think, I think Gaffney and Dorman showed last week, 30 to 29, that both of those are really good teams. I think Burns is a really good team. Again, those are three upper state teams. Uh, I think Sumter defensively is going to be as good as anybody. Uh, they're going to be able to match up with Dutch Fort uh, personnel wise. I think Fort personnel wise can match up with, with Sumter and, uh, and Dutch Fork, but I tell you, it's just so hard to to bet against Dutch Fork until somebody beats them. They've they just, I mean, what do they want, 40, 43 in a row? Um, and this was supposed to be a
5: rebuilding
4: year, and they're, you know, they take this quarterback and put him in there, and, and he's throwing it all over the place, and they definitely got receivers. And then defensively, they're just always so sound, and, and they tackle so well. Um uh, until somebody beats them, I'm gonna say Dutch Fort. But but I do think this is one year where a Gaffney, a Dorman, a Fort, a Sumter, you know, maybe Carolina Force. We'll see how they how they handle tomorrow night. Uh Sumter will be the best team they've played. But uh but Dutch Fort's still the team to beat. I mean, that's just the way it is.
1: We're live right now, of course, with David Shelton with the post and courier here in Charleston. He covers not only down here in the Low Country, he's a big player around the state of South Carolina. David, as always, uh, I appreciate what you do, not only for Southern Sports Central, but a lot of us around the Low Country. You you help us all look better between Jamie and those guys. Of course, Bobby. Uh, man, I tell you what, we all owe you a lot of dinners, man. So you just let me know when I got to head to Matt's, and I'll make sure you're taken care of, brother. We'll do it, man. Y'all have a good show. You too. Thank you very much. All right, let's take a little three-minute break here. Let's reset some things. Uh, If you're trying to keep up with the game that I'm at currently, it is a B-team matchup. And, uh, again, the reason that we come out and do what we're doing like we are here tonight is because we've been trapped in a studio for three or four months. We couldn't wait to get out. So here we are. We're out, we're about, and we're at a B-team matchup between a rivalry of the Fort Norchester Patriots hosting the Somerville Green Wave. It is now the second quarter, 626-0. Across the board. Brandon, file a little short song. We'll come right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. We'll recap that interview right after this.
6: Where is he again? And it don't seem so lonely We fill it up with only two And when I hurt Hurting runs off my shoulder How can I hurt when holding you One touching warm
0: reaching out touching
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Helman here live on Southern Sports I I want to thank David Shelton for taking some time away as he is heading actually to a Thursday night matchup between Berkeley and Ashley Ridge. Now, Ashley Ridge is 0-2 coming to this one. Berkeley is 1-1 after their win on Monday. Excuse me, after their win on Friday against Wondo. They then host now back home since their uh, tough night. A couple of weeks ago on a Monday, they'll host Ashley Ridge tonight. And I'm not sure. it may be homecoming over there, by the way, so the Stags, uh, we'll have to find out and report that one on Monday's show. Now, if you're here, you hear the whistles blowing. You heard a band practicing earlier. You hear some pads hitting. That's because we're at Fort the Fort. They are playing a B-team matchup between rivals of uh, Fort Dorchester, taking on Somerville. It is all zeros, 326, and counting it down in the second quarter. A great matchup here tonight where you see the youth. You see the uh, foundation of uh, both programs getting after it here tonight. Brandon, you heard, of course, some of the conversations of uh, David Shelton. Now, you're a guy from the outside in because you focus for Southern Sports Central on the grand strand of things. What is your thoughts from some of the things he said coming from the outside looking in, brother?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Fort Dorchester is the cream of the crop. Uh, based on, Just based on hearing you talk about it, uh, and based on our conversations they are definitely the cream of the crop down in the low country and and like you said whether or not they're able to get over that hurdle that is the Dutch Fork buzzsaw who knows who knows if anyone's going to be able to get past them uh, but you know right now Fort Dorchester is definitely looking like the team to beat in the low country and you know that that's good that's good for for their program it, and you know like he said you know especially considering it's a it's a first you know first year coach the fact that west ashley is playing so well already is is a very good sign for them as well and they're going to have a big matchup between the two you know fort dorchester against west ashley next week so that's going to be a fun watch
1: yeah, you know, the one. there's two other games outside. So, you think of three games, of course, West Ashley, Somerville, that's a game that's going to mean a lot. But if you go down to 3A, uh, you got to keep an eye on Oceanside. And Hanahan, Art Craig will join us at 730. We'll get Coach uh, Joe Call, former coach of Somerville, actually uh, is going to join us at 7 o'clock. Both of these coaches come from different programs. Both of them are new coaches, but they're winning. I mean, they're 2-0 coming into the night the tomorrow night's matchup over at Johnson-Hagin Stadium. That one will be uh, one we'll, we'll, of course, keep an eye on. And the other one, the other one that we're going to be watching will be, well, a team that I just talked to him about, and that's Woodland. as uh, uh, You know, they are playing a team who, uh, I got to tell you, this is a game to me that should be, could be a really good matchup in Phillips Simmons. Now, Phillips Simmons, a new school. First time that they are 2-0 and in their history, in a very young three here. They'll be hosting a Woodland team who came off a very tough loss to Abbeville. And for anybody who follows high school football in the state of South Carolina, there are certain programs that always are household names. You know, we always talk about if you're on the Grand Strand, Myrtle Beach and Conway, and, of course, if uh, you're down here, you're always talking Fort Norchester. You'll mention Somerville and Berkeley and Goose Creek. Uh, You know, uh, if you're looking at 3A, uh, you know, of course, you're going to mention the life of Dillon. But 2A is always an Abbeyville conversation. Abbeville is kind of that, that team that's at the top, and they're always battling, and they're always, you know, setting the tone as far as where everything is. So when you look at everything and you put everything in perspective, for me personally, you know, I, I want to see what the Wolverines of Woodland, can they bounce back and not get beat twice, two weekends in a row, uh, you know, I've got a couple of guys that I'm very familiar with. And K.J. Rollins, he's a big running back. that transferred in last this year. He sh- hopefully will have a big night if, uh, you're, you're, of course, you're watching Woodland. On the defensive side, uh, a DB over there, Marcus Morrison, another kid that transferred in. What can he do to kind of penetrate and help and stand there to, to hold ground for uh, the Wolverines? And what can they do at Woodland? So they're on the road. It's going to be a tough one. But, we'll, of course, we'll find out uh, how that's going to work out. And then, of course, uh, you know, I, I did mention, and, and we can't not forget about the Skeezer guys. You know, Skeezer's been kind of, you know, they were our appetite. They were, of course, uh, the main menu for a long time. And, uh, you know, as we watch a lot of teams doing a lot of things, you know, their team, they quite frankly, you know, they, they, they've they proven that they can do things. They're 5-0 right now. As he mentioned, there's other teams that they're chasing, but they're in a great place uh, to do great things. So, going to be an interesting conversation you mentioned the game earlier that we're all going to be watching Dutch Sports going to be playing a team that hasn't played a game yet there's been some delays there was a headline that came out just yesterday saying that if if there is a forfeit of a game during the playoffs,
5: mm-hmm. that
1: actually could result to uh you know basically a forfeit in the playoffs, and that could end your season because they will not push you back two weeks so Going to be an interesting, very toe-touching, kind of toe-in-the-line, if you will, uh, for the next uh, couple weeks here. We're only in week three, but after this week, there will be teams that will clinch a spot. There will be teams that will uh, be knocked out of a spot, and there will be teams that will define a spot. So, those three headlines, I feel, Brandon, that will be coming out of this weekend.
2: And you know what's even crazier? Next week is going to be the halfway point of the season. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that is crazy. We're about 33 seconds here. You'll hear the buzzer in a minute in the background as we'll be at halftime. It's all zeros here. Fort Dorchester Patriots B team is 0 uh, 0 against Somerville. And uh, they're going to stop the clock there as uh, first down is head. And uh, we'll wait and kind of see how this is going to work out. But uh, yeah, there's uh, the weirdness of it all. And it kind of sort of because it's, it's week three. A lot of teams are playing seven, so we're somewhere in the middle. But there's some teams. There's some teams like C E Murray and Coach is only playing five. So I mean mm. it kinda depends
2: where you are, what you're doing, yeah. and, and how this thing is working out
1: here and, for us and, all. And, oh, Coming
2: up next, uh, go ahead. And and also it depends upon what's happened with other schools, you know, obviously certain schools have gotten, you know, oh, I mean, wow, game cancel as a result down. of, you know, certain situations happening. So, you know, that's affected a lot of different uh schedules as well. Yeah,
1: no doubt about that as well. So we'll talk about that and much more. Let's take one final break before the end of the hour one. It's in the books. I want to thank David Shelton and the Post and Currier guys who do an incredible job loving on these young athletes around the Lowcountry. When we come back, it'll be hour two. We'll start off over at Hanahan, but we're going to check in with the head coach from, well, that's going to be Oceanside's Joe Call. Don't go anywhere, guys. More Southern Sports Central. Top of the hour coming up next. Hey, welcome back here. Top of the hour. We are ready to rock and roll here on Southern Sports Center. We're glad to be here with you. And we are on the road, at least I'm on the road, hanging out over here at a high school football game. It's B-team night here at the Ford as they welcome in a rival out of the Somerville Green Wave who come in here ready to uh, kind of get a little something going here as they are, of course, uh, playing against the host team, Fort Norchester and the Patriots. They're one in... One. I'm not sure of the record over there. I believe they're actually one and one. So the winner of this one comes out with a winning record. The loser uh, will fall down to one and two. And it's also bragging rights, by the way. And it's a few other great conversations. As there's head coaches here from both uh, vars- varsity of the Somerville guys and the Ford guys. And there's a headline in that one as well. But we'll save that one for a later show as we'll be broadcasting probably some pregame stuff uh, once Somerville. And uh, the Fort play a Friday night matchup in about three weeks. We're actually going to do a little pregame here on Southern Sports Central. I'm going to uh, bring over Eugene, and we'll uh, we'll do something fun. It'll be exciting, and uh, we can't wait, of course, to get into that. But uh, hopefully here in a minute, we'll get in here with Coach uh, Joe Call. He'll be joining us from uh, the Hanahan Field as he will be watching his young, uh, you know, Landsharks, as they will be playing uh, a Hanahan team uh, probably any minute now if they haven't already kicked off there. But it should be – uh, a good interview with the head coach who has taken over the program after Chad Greer was there, did some great things. Coach Paul has done great things this year. He's 2-0. He's hosting uh, a very good hand to hand team on Friday night. That one will be at Johnson-Hagan Stadium. That is their home stadium, the Sharks at Oceanside, this year. But uh, that will be their first one, Brandon. So I'm going to try to catch up with him in just a minute, so i kind of... Get your thoughts a little bit on uh, some other things as well, bud.
2: Yeah, just so many different storylines, and that's what's been so much fun about this season has been just how there has been, you know, e- you know, out, even outside of the, you know, the unforeseen circumstances, that unfortunately has been a big part of the season. Even outside of that, even on the field, there have been a lot of storylines, and the fact that there are only seven games makes every game all that more important. There are so many matchups that are going to be fun, and one thing, one thing I want to mention real quick that you know that we were talking about, we were talking about that Oceanside matchup, Oceanside Collegiate against Hanahan this week. That matchup is very much like Sumter against Carolina Forest, or like the West Florence against Myrtle Beach matchup where both of those teams are coming in undefeated and especially like with Sumter against Carolina Forest, it's very much a matchup to determine who is going to be more than likely. I mean strange things can happen. Theoretically, you know, one could lose both of their next games and drop down to the number two spot. But more than likely, whoever wins that matchup, you know in hand are going to be the top team over in Region 8 3A. So that matchup is definitely one to watch. Uh, and that should be a fun one. It's, it's great to see that even this, you know, you know, it's it's early, but it's not super, super early in the season. But this early in the season, relatively speaking, you already have so many matchups that are going to be pivotal for who is going to make, make it to the playoffs and who won't.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right, brothers. We're now, I believe, Coach Caller's joining us. We don't want to hold him up any longer because I know he's down watching his, uh, well, let's just say his youth play in there. That's the the, uh, the foundation playing. Coach Call, what's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man?
7: Yeah, we're out here at the uh, JV games, so we actually just scored, so I got a little hung up, uh, you know, like a <laughs> special team. So I'll uh, hollering at my kickoff team, make sure they stay in their lanes and cover. So uh,
1: started uh, apologize for being a little late. Nah, it's all right, brother. So, you know, it's cool, man. I'm actually at the B team matchup between two teams. You know a little bit about the fort. Of course, they're playing the likes of uh, that is uh, Somerville. It is a B team matchup here at the fort. And, of course, Dragon rights are on the line. The winner, of course, will take a winning record with them. So, it's going to be a, an interesting conversation. Uh, going forward with that now uh, let's talk about your game coach tomorrow night big matchup Johnson Hagan is gonna be cutting the lights on for you guys. What do you guys see, coach as far as some of your biggest keys to taking care of business tomorrow night?
7: Yeah, you know uh, I mean what a what a you know, watching the Hanahan play their first two games I mean they're they're a totally
1: different team
7: uh, with with coach Craig, you know um, uh, running the show over there you know they're just uh, they're playing that you know Everybody knew when he came from uh, Timberland he was going to bring that, uh, that tough football with him, and you can see it showing up. You know, they've got a defense that hasn't has given up a single point. Uh, offense is just uh, seem to be unstoppable. You know, they, they keep making first downs, first downs. They put together those long drives and wear out the defense, and uh, it's certainly going to be a challenge. But, uh, you know, we've had a good week of practice, so uh, we're looking forward to it and kind of getting in our first home game.
1: We're live right now with Coach Joe Call. He's checking in with us. A big-time matchup, 3A style around the state of South Carolina. We'll be kicking off tomorrow night at Johnson-Higgins Stadium. Of course, uh, taking on Art Craig, who also is a first-time coach over at Hanahan. Uh, Tonight, you're seeing a little bit of that youth there, Coach. You're able to see your JV guys go against their JV guys. An automatic rivalry between this team. And, of course, you know there's some history between Coach Art Craig uh, from a firm team that he's the coach coached with. How how exciting does this make this rivalry a little bit more enticed, a little more dicey and uh just headline friendly if you will?
7: Yeah, you know, the um um you know, we're gonna have a couple of good little rivalries here in uh, in three A. You know, three A football is just traditionally in the low country been just great football, you know. I don't uh, know, you know, haven't been, you know, Somerville and you know, five A football of course gets a. Uh, gets a lot of a lot of hype, a lot of talk too, but man, some of the best football in the low country, some of the best athletes that have come out of the low country come from uh the three A ranks, you know, from from hand to hand here at uh hand hand from you know now uh with Oceanside and certainly Bishop England over the years. Uh you know, just produce some like fantastic athletes, you know, even down uh, uh Battery Creek, you know, I mean I can think right off off hand Greg Jones, you know, just played at Florida State, played in the NFL. I mean just some, some really good football players in three A and it's the uh you know, to me, it's, it's that, that blue collar league, you know, that, you know, kind of play the, you know, the uh, we don't get all the, the, the front headline, you know, <laughs> the headlines and all. But, man, it's some really good Friday night football. You know, you get into these communities where it's just, uh, it kind of reminds me a lot, you know, and my grandma actually said this, you know, it reminds you a lot about like, like what Somerville used to be. But like back in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, just small town small community where you know just the entire school the entire community really rallies around a football team and you know to where the uh the football team kind of set the tone for the entire school year you know and uh you know even out here at a at a jv football game you know i mean a hand crowd you know they got like a varsity size crowd you know here of course everybody you know following the rules you know wearing masks and stuff like that but you know it's uh they're just you know everybody's excited about football you know and looking at our side here on ocean side it's just uh you know just packed crowd for a jv football game and i think that's just uh Kind of, you know, kind of goes to show that, you know, um, whether it's JV or varsity, you know, when these teams kind of get together, it's, it's you know, what people look forward to seeing. And, uh, and uh, you know, that, you know, playing 3A football at a high level, you know. And one of these teams, uh, you know, tomorrow night's to going to come out and, and um, have a chance to be the number one seed representing our region out of the low country and host some home playoff games. So it's going to
1: be a big night for both teams. We're live right now as the head coach of, of course, that Oceanside Landshark team. They're going to be hosting Hanahan tomorrow night. Both teams coming in 2-0, and it is going to be everything. And I mean everything, a lot on the line here from not only winning that region but positioning the playoffs So you name it. It's going to be one of those things. Coach, I think you nailed it there. But as far as, you know, the charm that you get in 3A football reminds you a lot like it used to be across the 4A before we had 5A football Coach. I don't want to keep you too long. I do appreciate it, Coach, but before we get you out of here, what's it been like uh, the last two weeks? I know you take down a team over there uh, on uh, Daniels Island. Of course, everybody knows, uh, you know, that was kind of a little rivalry there as well. You went big over in North Charleston. Uh, What's it been like uh, over there as a land shark in your first two weeks, Coach?
7: Yeah, we just – it's really just a day-by-day, Richie. You know, it's – you know, trying to – you know, the – you know, with our you know no spring and then the summer kind of being being shortened, and you know we're just you know focusing kind of on every day of practice and kind of really putting our you know push on our kids just to to focus on day by day. But you know, and this you know if we do things you know kind of the right way, you know take care of those little things, you know practice the right way, and you know focus on 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 each segment of practice. And you know like like what's the what's the goal during this part of practice? You know, kind of really focusing in. On the small things, you know that that old saying, you know, aim small, miss small. So, you know, we're kind of focusing on the those little things, and then uh, when Friday nights get here, and you know, um, being being prepared to play the game, you know, so a lot goes into to playing these games, and uh, you know, when you got um, you know limited time to do that with these kids, uh, you, know, you got to take advantage of your time. So, it's been a good good two weeks, you know, the you know, uh, you look at it, and you know, kind of like you said, you know, here we are in week three, and you know we're we're halfway through our our schedule, you know so it's uh it happens quick, so we got to make sure we're prepared you know not only every week, every game but I mean every day, every segment of practice and uh because it, it takes that, that kind of focus um from the coaches and the the players to to be ready to to play with uh
1: everything that you know all the
7: limitations that we've had.
1: Wrapping it up here with our head coach from Landstar football that's Side on coach go call. Our game of the week tomorrow night over at Johnson Johnson-Hanagan Stated. kickoff at 7.30. They'll host a team that we, of course, know very well, and that is the Hennahan Hawks. But, Coach, before we get you out, give me some headlines. Give me some big dogs out of two weeks. Uh, who's been kind of your uh, go-to guys out of two weeks?
7: Oh, man, I tell you, really, uh, I mean, not, not really any, you know, I hate to say any individuals, but, I mean, just our offensive line has, has lived up to the hype, you know lived up to their size and lived up to their height on offense. And then, uh, you know, defensively, you know, uh, those guys have just continued to prepare as, as an entire defensive unit. You know, they just uh, have really gotten a, gotten a little little chip on their shoulder, a little, you know, they know pretty much the offensive guys. And, and really here at Oceanside in the past, that the offensive guys have gotten a lot of the headlines. So, uh, you know, they're, they're stepping up, showing kind of everybody that, you know, they can play a little bit of defense too and, um, you know, make that side of the ball, you know, exciting to watch, you know. uh so, uh, you know, they certainly got a big challenge tomorrow night with uh, the offense they're going to be facing, which is, a uh, you know, an unusual offense. You know, and we're not used to kind of – you know, nobody's used to seeing uh, an offense so dynamic in the run game like Hanahan is. But, uh, you know, so really to kind of answer your question, you know, really what the offensive line has done and really what the uh, our entire defensive unit has done, you know, just uh, they've really stood out for us. And, and of course, um, you know, uh, we're, we're extremely fortunate to have um, one of the best kickers in the 2022 class in the entire country, you know, and uh, – I. He's uh, you know, it's, uh, he stepped up and made some big kicks early in the year, you know, and uh, he's a good weapon to have. So, kind of proud uh, proud of those uh, those units and how they performed so far.
1: Well, coach, we wish you the best of luck again. You are our game of the week. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you next week. That'll mean good things. But uh, thanks for taking time out. I know you're on the road. You're watching your young guys, and uh, we appreciate you as always being a big contributor and a big time supporter of Southern Sports Central. Good luck on uh, Friday night, coach.
7: Yeah, the Young Sharks, just uh, we just scored scored here again right here in the, the fourth quarter. So, Young Sharks are looking pretty good right
1: here. They're playing hard. I appreciate it, guys. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the head coach from the Oceanside Land Sharks. They'll be playing, hosting our game of the week. Tomorrow night, 7.30 kickoff, we'll be giving you the updates and all around as they uh, will be at johnson Hagan Stadium. That's over in Charleston where the Citadel Bulldogs usually are playing on Saturdays. They'll be hosting uh, a team out of uh, Hanahan, the Hawks. Uh, they are very familiar with the head coach, the Land Sharks, are, because he was at Timberland last year. And for many years, that is Coach Art Craig. He joins us, by the way, at 730. Don't go anywhere. You'll hear the other side of this game coming up at 730. I'll bring you back in, Brandon. Uh, again, what we're doing is 15 minutes with these guys because we don't want to keep them too long because – hey, we know they're on the road or they're at home, but they're watching their, their pipeline, they're watching their foundation play, and that's what we're doing here tonight at a B-team matchup, but, you know, uh, you hear the, the excitement out of Coach Cole, and I know Coach Call extremely well from his days at Somerville, you know, when I was over there with him as his uh, right-hand guy when it came to the media side of things, we did radio there, he and I got to do the coaches show, actually, uh, on either Thursday or Wednesday, and played it on Friday night, but... You know, you, you get those relationships. As I get the blessing now to do it here at the Fort where we do the TV stuff, and actually Friday night I got to do the coaches show. So, you know, but you hear in the guy's voice the excitement, the just everything that he's putting together over there to me has got to have the fan base, the student body, the faculty and staff. I know him personally. I claim him a lot of times to have a very Dabo Sweeney South strategy, where he is a player's coach for sure. But you, well, you've got a chance to hear from him tonight. What's your thoughts on a guy that right now they're 2-0, and and this is his first statement opportunity here uh, as uh, they'll be playing for, looks like, all the marbles tomorrow night. But by the way, before you answer that, the winner of this game will probably host the remainder of if the, the playoffs. The loser, even if you finish second, you are on the road From the beginning
2: to the end. Yeah. I mean, like we said, that this year more than any other year is so important. And one thing I I wish I would have had the chance to ask him, I'll ask the the Hanahan coach when he comes in, but like keeping your players, especially, you know, high school players, you know, they're going to, you know, they sometimes overthink things at times. You know, how do you keep your guys from thinking, oh, my God, this is like this is the biggest game of the season. So and and keep them focused on what they need to do instead of, you know, overthinking the matchup. So, you know, it seems like he's got his guys ready. It seems like he's got uh, the team ready. And that, like you said, that's going to be a fun matchup. There are so many good matchups this weekend or, you know, tomorrow and the the fact that you know just 3 weeks ago we weren't even playing football and now we're so in in depth into the season and and so so many storylines already it it's just been a lot of fun and it's going to be a really fun ride going forward
1: yeah, I agree with you. I think the thing has been interesting because, you know, as I'm around town, a lot of people say, Rich, you do radio, you do sports, you, you get a chance to do all this. But, man, it, it's probably not been very exciting. And I said, well, actually, it has been exciting because of the word we don't use on here much. There's been a lot of things that have happened. Uh, there's, Of course, we've, uh, we've partnered up and we continue to partner up with the Infinity Camp. Uh, where they've got something going on, by the way, in Virginia. If you're listening to us around the Virginia state lines, uh, you want to look at the Infinity uh, Camp as they'll be doing something on the 17th. That's a Saturday. If you're in the state of North Carolina and you're not playing any high school football, you hear right there the Patriots putting the first six on the board with 537 here in the third as uh, they capitalize on a turnover. And uh, here as we're live at the B Team matchup, but when when you kind of put things in order and you look at these camps, and I mentioned that if you're in the state of North Carolina, you want to check into the Carolina Experience Camp. That's also a Saturday. That's also on the 17th. If you are playing high school sports right now, I'm going to advise you to stay with your team, stay with your program. All right, these camps I'm only promoting – to the guys who aren't playing on Friday night, okay? Because of a short, because of a short season, you cannot take a chance of getting injured, getting hurt of any sort. And uh, again, I don't, I'm not, and I will not promote you guys to leave your high school teams if you're in season to go to some of these other camps. It's just one of those things I'm just not going to do. So uh, that being said, if you are in the state of North Carolina, you're not playing. If you're in Virginia, you're not playing. If you're in New Jersey you're in Tennessee, you're within a driving range or you can fly, wherever it And is, you know, you're not playing Friday nights, you need to be in some of these camps. That's just a big thing to me. So I'm going to put it out there that you need to make sure, you need to make sure that you're getting your work in, that you're staying in shape so you don't have to get in shape. Uh, if you stay in shape, they say you don't have to get in shape. So that being said, you know, uh, you, know you hear that. And to kind of go back to what we were talking about is, is because of these camps, the infinity camps that we went to two of them, the Carolina experience, we went to two of them. We them live. We've seen a lot of guys from around the state of South Carolina. We've met a lot of the guys from Ridgeview. We met a lot of guys from Gaffney and, of course, uh, Malden, Fort Rochester, Somerville, Berkeley. So many, so many of these athletes took advantage of an opportunity to get better instead of waiting back for somebody to tell them they did it. You had certain, you know, parents. You had certain guys you know, get together with the teams and, and work out with them because coaches couldn't. You know, while we get there's been some negativeness, Brandon, out of some of that co- – yeah, I don't want to use that word, but I've seen a lot of other stuff come out of it. I saw a yeah. lot of the guys in Sumter get together and go to a field with other schools and work out just the players because they want to play. But we kind of have to echo this one more time, and I'm going to let you speak real quick too, bro, but – when you go to somebody else's house, you got to follow somebody else's rules. There are places you go where they don't want you to put your shoes on when you get in the house. Well, treat it that way here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and well, I've got a couple of points that are that one thing that was kind of interesting. I'm not sure if I'm assuming they're probably a private school, so that's why they're able to do it. But Abbeville is playing a North Carolina school this week, so I, I guess know, it's not, not a private school though. Oh, okay. hmm. Well, I, mean, I guess they got some yeah, sort of waiver or something. Yeah, that they must have gotten some sort of waiver or something that allowed them to play an out-state game. Essentially, kind of like how the FCS schools are playing some non-conference games,
3: even though their
2: season has been suspended. Uh, and then the other thing that I want to mention, you know, you were mentioning. Uh, how certain players, you know, one name that pops into my mind when it comes to this is Chase Simmons, who just took his summer and just dominated everyone and, and got a couple of division one offers as a result. Got another offer this week, uh, from Charlotte. Uh, the, and I was talking to a, uh, an agent, a broadcasting agent about this when on the broadcasting side as well. It's, and it, it seems to be for everything right now the the mindset of those in charge that the the mindset of those that are making the decisions whether it's uh college uh administrators or college coaches or you know employers or what have you their thought has been what have you been doing during the quarantine You know, have you just been sitting on your butt the whole time, or have you been actually trying to do something and and try to better yourself during this break? And the guys that have been focusing on continuing to put in the work, they're the ones that are coming out of this now in this season and are dominating everyone that has been sitting back.
1: Well, I think that's the thing that you're learning. I think that's the thing that you're seeing. I think you're seeing a lot of these guys who are getting better because they didn't decide to just wait. They decided that they would push through, that they would set the tone, and, and you're seeing it. You're seeing these guys who are getting better by design. You're seeing these guys who have put in a lot of work. Jason is one of the great ones. I watched him in Charlotte. I watched him literally manhandle commits from other major Power 5 teams, and he came mm-hmm. out because of that one alone. And I'm not saying there are no other camps out there that aren't giving – exposure opportunities, but I'm going to say for that camp, that was his one camp. There were camps in Atlanta. There were camps in Columbia. I'm sure there's been other camps around the country that have helped these athletes who decided not to sit back, not to wait on somebody to tell them, hey, you need to get out there. Hey, you need to do something. Hey, you have got to take charge of your life because here's the thing. Brandon, here's the thing. This senior class is up against a massive wall of opportunity that's not there like normal. There is Mm -hmm. not many openings. It's like Mm -hmm. I tell you. It's like being on the Grand Strand in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, in the middle of July looking for a hotel room. That's Mm -hmm. what it's like for these guys that are looking for scholarships. They're not there. There's not room. There's schools that have hardly any room for the guys that they're bringing back. Remember, the kids that are even playing now, they're playing on free money. They're playing on content. They're also taking a chance of getting hurt. I get that. But let's say they have a sensational season. You know, I said this before. You're talking college football. Well, guess what? College football, as of right now, it's like Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. When you get the likes of the ACC, right? The ACC, they're doing their thing. Well, here comes the SEC. And then in 30 seconds, here comes the Big Ten. (laughs) And then after that, you're going to have the likes of the Pac-12. So it has that feeling of smash mouth, grind it out, get it done type of football. And for me... I like it. I yeah. just don't oh, see right. how you're going to be able to get – Um, I, I don't know how you're going to get into the likes of uh, – how can you let Pac-12 into the playoffs? How can you let the Pac-12 into the playoffs when they started later? When you and I both know that, that there's a lot of conversations. And for me, how do you keep out three SEC schools who, let's just be honest, their their schedule a lot tougher than everybody else's. And that's why – even for Clemson, and I get Clemson's legit. We'll find out a little bit more about the Tigers on Saturday night. We get it. They're college game day. We get Miami coming to town. And we're talking college because you transferred a little bit there. We're uh, in between of getting our guest, of uh, course, our uh, Craig, uh, the head coach of Anahan, is going to join us at 730. But when you look at it on the other aspect of things, let's just be honest. They played Wake Forest, Clemson did. That's not a very good team. They brought mm-hmm. in the Citadel, paid them money to play them. That's also not a huge win at all. And then mm-hmm. they had an off weekend. And then they played Virginia. It didn't look great. So, for me, I think there's a lot of conversations that will be answered on Saturday night when they play Miami. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They still have Notre Dame on the schedule. That's going to be a big question mark. Yeah. But they don't have the Gamecocks out of the SEC that they can usually mm-hmm. play since they beat an SEC school. And they don't have a Georgia, an a and or somebody else, because I will give Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers credit. They are known for playing teams out of the SEC, Brandon.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I that's the thing about this season, and that's why, talking about it on my show last week, how uh, the Pac-12 commissioner said he wanted the playoffs to be expanded this season, which I would have loved to have seen. This would have been the year to do it. Unfortunately, they decided against it. I really hope that, you're wrong about the SEC getting three schools in. They probably won't, but they may get two in this year again. How do you Um, not get
1: three, though? How how do you not put in three teams? How do you not put in Alabama? How do you not put in a Georgia? Just think about it. How do you not put in a Florida? I mean, if you're you're honestly – if you're looking at strength of schedule, right, how do you not mm-hmm. reward the SEC? They have the trusted schedules in the country.
2: They then don't they play non conference game. But but if that's the case, you might as well just have the SEC championship be the national championship this year.
1: That being said though, that, that again, when they don't have a non conference football schedule and it is a heavy SEC schedule, you, you just have to kinda you you've gotta ship your cap to the conference that you have always oh, shifted it to. And that's the SEC. Of course. Yeah, I'm of not saying I don't want to see the ACC in it, but but other than other than Clemson, maybe mm-hmm. Notre Dame, maybe Miami. Again, we'll know more about Miami. We still don't know if Miami's legit. Somebody told me the other day at the barbershop, North Carolina. You know what? North Carolina and Georgia remind me oh so much of each other. Because every year this is their year. Mm-hmm. Texas A and is becoming that team, by the way. Yep. Every year, it's their year, and every Tennessee year it's is a disappointment for North Carolina fans and Georgia. And, well, I think Tennessee's alright. I think Tennessee's going to be fine. I think you'll find more about Tennessee this weekend because they do play Georgia. That mm-hmm. one, by the way, circle that one on your map, because
2: I think if that's not a 330 game, it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mo- moving back over to high school real quick, and, and kind of transitioning between the two, I saw a uh, California high school coach mentioned a few weeks ago that because of the fact that, you know, all of these kids, like you mentioned, are playing on house money right now, and they have the opportunity to come back, which means that these college rosters are going to be bloated for at least next year, if not the next couple of years. A lot of a lot of kids are going to be left out, and as a result, a lot of junior colleges, a lot of JUCOs are going to get some top-notch talent, and... I would love I would love to see this happen. I doubt it does. But at least for the next year or the next couple of years, I would love to see both the FCS and some of the junior colleges, some of the big junior college conferences to get some TV deals in order to show the world what they're made of. Because I and this is why I've always said that college basketball to me just in terms of the system and the way it's built and everything is head and shoulders better than college football because in college football, it's the same two, three, four, maybe on a good year, five or six teams that you're talking about every single year in college basketball. You don't have that because you have everyone given an opportunity. You don't you, you know in college football no matter how how no matter how likely or unlikely it is for it to happen, you never have the ability to have that conversation of oh could a UCF beat a Georgia or beat you know a Clemson or could a you know could a North Dakota State beat a Clemson or beat a Georgia or beat an Alabama. Basically, no. But just giving that opportunity and showing that there is more to college football than just the SEC and everyone else. Basically, like what you're saying. I, I would love to see it, and yeah, even this, I, you know, even this year with with the Sun Belt, even on F, an FBS level. The Sunbelt has been so much fun to watch this year yet they're going to be relegated to some no-name bowl. Well, again,
1: you know, again, I get it. I understand it. We'll have to debate it later. We'll table this conversation. We've got to take a break. Art Craig gonna join us next. He'll be coming from Hanahan High School as the Hawks are hosting a JV matchup between a team that will be matching up on the varsity level next so of course this Friday night. That'll be our game of the week. And that's Oceanside. So don't go anywhere. We are live coming to you from the fort. It is a six nothing lead for the Fort here on B Team Night in between a rival, and that is Somerville and the Fort Guys. Don't go anywhere. Coach Art Craig from Hanahan coming up next.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I'm
8: gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more I got the horses in the bag Horse stock is attached it's matted black Got the boots is black to match Riding on a horse, you can whip your horse I've been in a valley, you ain't been up off that porch Nobody will Guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bra. It's riding down Rodale in my Maserati sports car. God knows. St-
0: Hey, welcome back,
1: everybody. I'm Rich. I'm a long time. Brandon Visco Bing, Southern Sports Central Thursday night edition. We'll go back to Wednesday next week, and you will hear Miss V and the guys and girls over there at the South High School Blitz Sports Show on Thursday. We do a little switcheroo. We go back to our Wednesday. We give them back to Thursday. Of course, we'll be doing it all right here on Southern Sports Central. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, you will hear Sports Unlimited's very own Brandon visco Bing as he kicks it off at seven o'clock for three solid hours. It will uh it will be a great matchup. Uh as uh we're here six nothing, by the way. It is a six nothing lead for the Patriots going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Brandon, I'm gonna try to get Coach Craig on my end and see if I can get him here. I'll kinda of turn it to you real quick.
2: All right then. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, lots of fun matchups, lots of uh Lots of good action going on right now, and moving forward into tomorrow. Uh, lot lots of good good games going on. Fort Dorchester obviously has a big matchup tomorrow. Eve tomorrow evening against Stahl. That should be a game that more than likely Fort J- Dorchester should be able to win two and zero overall, one zero in the region against an zero and two Stahl team on both fronts, but the big matchup, especially in 5A, especially after Dorman had their game against Burns postponed this week. Hey, real quick, and
1: I don't want to cut you off, but I know Coach is on the line with us. Coach, uh, Art Craig joining us from Hanahan. Coach, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Man, I tell you what, brother, you are doing it big over there with the Hawks. You guys are flying to 2-0. You're going tomorrow night on the road to face another big-time game. Of course, uh, Coach Cole, I know you know him well uh, as well, Coach. But uh, talk to us. uh, Give us kind of a uh, a recap of week one and two and some of those big dogs. I know you guys have a good running back back there, but some really big players that have stepped up the last two weeks, Coach.
9: Yeah, I mean, you know, we opened up against uh, North Charleston and – you know i thought that uh we came out a little a little tentatively you know just i think we're a little unsure about ourselves that first week I mean, we played well but um you know um then last week against Battery Creek um who I thought looked pretty good at, at, you know on film but uh we just kind of took our um we took our, our physical nature a little to a little higher degree <laughs> than last week and and i was really pleased you know of course we do have You know, um, Kayvon Riviera, freshman running back, you know, he's rushed for 275 yards and four touchdowns. And you got Josh Shaw that's rushed for 175 yards and three touchdowns. Jonathan Shelton's added over 150 yards. Um, Then you got people like uh, Kai Buffalo, defensive end, uh, offensive tackle that's played real well. Andrew Stewart, both sides of the ball. And uh, that linebacker. Um, Alex Herrett um, you know I think he's got 30 tackles in two games and um and then our special teams have been really good Blake Morris has really done a great job of kicking uh he does all the kicking chores for us so I'm pleased um but we also know what's in store for us tomorrow night you know um that's going to be a big challenge for us it's going to really give us a opportunity to see where we're at um how far we have to go and I'm I'm antsy, but I want to see how our kids are going to respond because Joe's got a really, really good squad of this.
1: We're live right now with the head coach from Hanahan. the Hawks, flying their two and O record. Tomorrow night they'll be flying over at Johnson hagan Stadium, take another two and matchup inside the region. And I tell you what, coach, there's a lot on the line. It's not just some bragging rights and some region play. But my understanding is the winner kind of in the driver's seat going through the playoffs a little bit, Coach. Tell us about how this thing lays out not just for the bragging rights in the low country, but across setting that path going into the uh, remainder of the season and into the playoffs. Well, I mean, you know, for them, you know, they've already already
9: played, um, you know, Bishop England and beat Bishop England. And, you know, of course, we still have Oceanside and Bishop England with um, academic manning in between there. So whoever wins uh, is going to have, obviously – the upper hand um on the region championship and then um after that the thing that makes this game kind of important is the way we see it is whoever wins this game may have home field advantage in the playoffs uh, as long as they're in it you know but only taking two teams in the playoffs you know you're gonna match up one two week one and one one week two so it's a, you know we're we're gonna have to put our big boy pants on the next few weeks and um and and the kids have really accepted every challenge i put up to them at this point and um and I've leaned on this team about as hard as any team I've ever leaned on. And uh, they've responded real well. The community has been great. Um, you know, administration, coaching staff. It's, it's been, it's, you know, we haven't lost yet, so it's been really fun. But uh, talk to me next week and see how how, how happy I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that that's the big question. Uh, the, that's the big question this week. How do you, you know, and you were even talking about it when it comes to yourself. How do you keep the team and yourself, you know, focused and and calm and not let the intensity and the, you know, the fact that this is probably the biggest game of the season for you guys to overwhelm the team and let you lose focus. Yeah,
9: I mean, fortunately for my end and some of my guys on my staff, we've been in games like this before, Um, you know, and uh, so, you know, yes, we've talked about the, you know, how, how important this game is, but we've also got to understand we can't get so caught up in the hoopla that we don't we do not do the things that we've been taught to do this week. Sometimes when you get that excited to play, you you, you, forget, you forget responsibilities, you forget things like that because you try to make such plays and then you put yourself in a bad situation. Listen, Oceanside is one of the better teams I've seen in a while. Um, their defense is tremendously better than it was last year. Um, their offense looks exactly the same as last year, so for us, gonna be a big challenge but again um yeah I mean I don't know I mean you know I could see us winning not winning whatever but you know but we're not as as a I mean I, I'm, we don't we don't run from people and so I wanna see I wanna see what we got, you know, and and, and however it falls we're gonna we'll be able to evaluate ourselves and see what we need to do.
1: We're live right now with Coach Art Craig. He is the head coach over the Hanahan Hawks actually at a game right now. I just watched the pick six, coach. I'm down here in a B team matchup, and uh, man, I tell you what, I don't care what action on uh, on football, you gotta love uh, you gotta love it, man. We're down here, so it's hard to hear. Brad, I'm gonna turn it back to you, buddy.
2: All right. Well. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Rich, Richie Strong. there you go. I'm better now. I was down here and they just had
1: a, a pick six, so everybody ran to us. Uh, Coach Craig, <laughs> of course, you, you've come from – yeah, I love it, man. I tell you what, we were stuck in a studio, Coach, and you know this, uh, for, for months. So when I get a chance to come out here, I don't care if it's little football or or b 2 football or JV football, man, I, I'm going to put the uh, put the mic out here in the football games and uh, we're going to come to you live because you're actually at a game right now. How are you guys doing on the JV squad over there, Coach?
9: we we lost thirty one six to uh, Oceanside j v team but um you know we did some good things we got a really really you know you know uh we got a bit a big mix of um eighth graders and ninth graders on that team, so we were overmatched a little bit but uh kids play hard um we did some good things so uh um you know they that that staff's doing a really good job we just um like i said we're just really young at that level i mean we're we're young all the way down you know we've only got gosh, we only got 12 seniors, you know, in this, in our program right now. So, um, out of 43 kids on our varsity team, you know, 16 of those kids on that roster are freshmen and sophomores. So, um, you know, we, I, and I have to remind myself that sometimes, you know, some of these kids, they just don't know, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes you tell them things and, and you expect that they, they pick it up, but, you know, you, you got, then you have to step back and go, all right, they don't know, they don't know, and don't overwhelm them and that kind of stuff. So, but but I, but um, all our kids, I mean, in this program right now, is really doing a good job for us. I'm I'm excited.
1: Well, coach, you are our game of the week, by the way. So uh, you know, you want to be hoping we're talking to you Monday night, because that means you you guys <laughs> found that way to win. But uh, first of all, man, I just want to say this personally, man. I'm excited to have you a little closer to the studio. I I know the fans up in Timberland are missing you, but they got a good dude. But you, what you're doing over oh, at Hannah Hand, I've I've seen it happen, and it's just been an amazing. Group of support for you, and and you're always willing to jump on here with us. And I gotta tell you, man, when you're done coaching, let me know. I'll put you on here, and you and I can do some shows <laughs> together, man. You kind of got a niche for this thing, I think. I, I'm 100% about it.
9: That would be fun. You know, uh, you can make fun of this accent, and uh, we can we can go, we can we can, we can we, we'll, we'll do it. But um, but no, nah, man, I appreciate you guys uh, having us on here. Um, we love it, and, and um, you know, we look for you know, and like I tell people, you know. People like, man, I don't want to have to listen. You have to want this attention because when you're getting this attention, it means you're doing some things that you're supposed to do. And don't run from it, man. You know, embrace embrace these opportunities. Um, You know, because like you said a few months ago, we didn't even know we can get an opportunity to play a game like this. So, um, but one thing I do want to do is um, I want to throw a shout out to Sean Wright. Uh, His dad passed away last night, and um, I know his family's uh, hearts are hurting real hard now. So, All you people out there, if you can, you know, say a little prayer for Sean Wright and his family for the next few days.
1: No doubt, Coach. And that's the head coach over at Cross, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Coach Sean Wright's a great guy, and I know he's close to you as well. Coach, uh, God bless you and your family. We'll talk soon. And uh, thank you again for taking time out tonight to join us, to educate us, update us, and let us know how the Hawks are doing. And good luck tomorrow night. We'll be looking uh, at the score as uh, we cover a few games around the low country. Coach. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't get much better than that right there. As we get Coach Art Craig, he is a legend down here in the low country. Spent a lot of years at Timberland. Yeah, they know about that guy, but now he is building it over at Hannahan. If you believe it, well, they will come, and that is the wins, and they are doing that in fashion. I can appreciate all that he does on and off the field in every community that he stands in. And as we just learned about Coach Sean Wright, you know, we've had Coach Wright here. On Southern Sports Central, he is the head football coach of Cross. Our thoughts and our prayers are with him and his family as uh, you're hearing it right here. First hand as uh, his father uh, passed away last night. We're taking take a quick minute. Brandon, find us all in just a second. We're going to give it a moment of silence to recognize Coach, uh, his dad, who I know played a major role in his life and major things in so many ways. And, uh, again, he's family here on Southern Sports Central, so let's give him some respect. Give him a quick minute. We'll come back. And when we do, Brandon will take it over until about 830. Don't forget, at uh, 8 o'clock, he is going to be in here with uh, a guy from Loco Sports. He'll be talking about Buford, Hilton Head, all kind of teams down there in the lower part of the low country. So when we come back for break, Brandon, it's all you. I'll be back at 830, guys. And uh, stay safe. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central.
2: Welcome back to Southern Sports Central, as we have some Low Country sports to talk about in just a little bit. As Wes Kerr from Loco Sports will join us in about a little over ten minutes, and we'll go through some of the top games over there this weekend. Last weekend uh Collington County and Hilton Head Island got hit. They uh had to can had to postpone their games. But everyone is in play this week. It'll be Buford against May River. That's a big matchup, both of them undefeated. May River two and O, with Buford one and o thus far this season. James Island and Wolf face off or excuse me. Uh, James Island and Colleton County will face off this week. That's a matchup that Colleton County basically needs to win in order to stay alive. They're 1-0 thus far this season. Hilton Head Island, they've had both of their first two games postponed, so they get their first game of the season at Bluffton. And Bluffton is 0-2 right now, so that kind of... That's a game that Hilton Island certainly hopes that they'll be able to win. It's a game that they probably should win, uh, but definitely want to get their season off to to a good start, especially with May River, Buford, and Colleton County all playing very well to start off the season. And then you have James Island and Bluffton down at the bottom right now. They look to be basically the – they are the cellar dwellers over in Region 7-4-A. Just can and play spoiler with level teams, but obviously this season craziness abound because of everything that's been going on. Uh, you know, you ha- you already have Hilton Head who missed both of their first two games. Don't don't start the season until this week, and as a result, have to cram in five games in five weeks. In their region, don't have any chance to get any non-region games in, and they, I mean that that that's tough for a team, especially you know considering you're you, you're so used to playing ten games, and a, and even in a region like Region Seven, which doesn't even have all of their teams in it this year, Lucy Beck- Beckham decided to opt out this season. So instead of there being seven teams in region seven this year, there's only six, obviously with realignment that changed a little bit, a couple of teams, uh, switched from, you know, you know, a couple of teams moved between regions and whatnot. I think if I remember correctly, uh, um, Brooklyn Casey was in that region last season. Uh, but they moved down to 3A since so you know this, this year it's it's pretty crazy this this season has become the perfect storm essentially because you know every year you've got uh you've got coaching changes and stuff like that that's normal but this year you've had you have realignment going into the season which is going to throw everything into flux is gonna make teams have to change strategy change the way they may be developed based on the competition that they have to face, having to scout out new teams that maybe obviously every year you know teams change because players graduate players come in et cetera et cetera but this year more than any other year or more than a you know non realignment year, you've got teams. You've got coaches that need to prepare for new teams that they've either never seen before or haven't seen in an entire class. Like, for example, Sumter, who is now in Region 6-5A, Region they, well, first off, they were an upstate team. They were considered an upstate team last year, which is uh, quite the crazy transition uh, for the last three years. Uh, So Carolina Forest and the rest of the region Six teams that have been In it you know for the past couple of Years haven't seen Hilton or, me, haven't seen Since 2017 So that's an entire class And so now You're seeing a whole new team You have no I mean nowadays It's a lot easier Nowadays, it's a lot easier because you've got uh you've got film you've got huddle you've got all of this all of these things all all of these resources at your disposal that even you know even ten years ago let's say maybe even five years ago I'm not sure exactly when Huddle started to become a big thing, but let's just even say let's say it was around five years ago. Even 10 years ago, this technology was not around. You didn't have huddle. You didn't have the tape on on opponents. You know, maybe some coaches tried to go out and gay, But even then, unless a team was broadcasted, which many teams are not, especially as you go lower down in the classifications, you don't, you know, unless... Unless you're in a a special market that wants to broadcast their games, most schools do not have, or at least didn't. Now they do, but in the past they didn't have tape on on their opponents, and but now you have that opportunity, and that adds um, a new dimension to to coaching, obviously. But like I was saying, you know, this year realignment, you've had to readjust, you've had to reevaluate who you're facing. off. And on top of that, the, you know, the word that uh, Richie does not want to say on, on his show, I have no problem with saying it on mine. I talk about it. Maybe I won't say too much, but I, it is the big story. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I, you know, I, I kind of lean on it a little bit, uh, four storylines because it is it unfortunately no, no matter how much you want to avoid it it is something that is going to impact uh the season it has impacted the season in so many different ways um you know and and it's just something that you know everyone kind of has to has to handle but the the interesting thing like i said you know the fact that you don't have one of your schools playing at all this season. You've had to deal with the limited off season. You've had to deal with all of this. So it's, it's, it's been a very crazy year. Um, Uncertainty and the, the uncertainty of certain team or of everyone really, but you know, especially uh, in certain areas the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to come next. Are we going to have a game this week? Because as we've seen, you know, a game got canceled just today. So a day ahead of the, you know, a a, a day ahead of game day. That has impacted uh, things immensely. Most of the low state uh, teams, are um are in four a or the low country teams rather are in four a so we'll primarily talk about four a there's a few uh down down in one a but a lot of the hills and head and, and those, those schools are down are are up in four a so when uh when we get West Curran, we'll we'll talk about them. Talk, ask him how he feels to have a uh, full slate of games finally this week, after the first couple of weeks as a result of Hilton Head having to miss out on that. So we'll we'll take a quick break. Do a quick. Uh, top of the hour break and then come right back and maybe and by then we should have Wes on for you guys right here on Southern Sports Central Welcome back to Southern Sports Central as we're still awaiting our guest for the 8 o'clock hour, the Wes Kerr from Loco, Loco Sports, and we'll talk about a bunch of different things with him. Like I mentioned, a couple of big games this weekend, most notably probably the biggest one uh definitely has to be at least for me and I'll, I'll admit maybe I'm I'm a little biased but I think the biggest matchup in the state this week is Carolina Forest against Sumter because those two teams are both ranked in the top 10 in the media poll if you go to any of the other polls whether it's Max Prep or High School Sports Report or you know Massey or any of the other polls they're both ranked in in the top 25 in the state or in the top 10 in their region. Uh, So this is going to be a very fun matchup, not only to call, but to watch, to listen to. Uh, If you want to listen to the game, uh, I'll be calling it. It'll be on YouTube. So just, Type in Carolina Forest and I'm sure you'll find it or go to SHN Sports on YouTube. So a little a little shameless self plug there for a second, as we're still waiting on West to join us. So, but yeah, I mean there there are some other matchups out there, definitely. Uh, you know, over in 4A the probably the biggest matchup in 4A this weekend is another Grand Strand matchup. You've got Myrtle Beach against West Florence uh, at Myrtle Beach. I think, and and I haven't seen. Well, I saw Myrtle Beach play, but that was in a scrimmage, so it's not necessarily. You don't really. I don't really know how much stock you can take out of a scrimmage, and it was a draw. It was a tie against Carolina Forest. So I'm not sure how much stock you can take out of it. But that matchup is really going to, I don't last week, you know, West Florence had the test against Hartsville, who Hartsville is now 0-2, which is crazy to think about. But that was the big test for West Florence to determine whether that win against Wilson in week one was a fluke or whether West Florence was the real deal. And I think West Florence showed uh, showed Region 6 and showed the, you know, showed the state, as, well, showed the area and maybe even showed the state that they are for real. Now, you know, they go from one test to another. They go from having to face off against Wilson, who, or ex- excuse me, against Hartsville, who, granted, they were coming off of a loss. So Hartsville, but you know, at the you know that's the thing. Hartsville was trying to prove to everyone that you know the loss against North Myrtle was a fluke. Which at this point it's crazy to think about. Hartsville was ranked in the media polls. They were ranked pretty high. I think, if I remember, they were ranked like fourth or fifth, maybe even third, in the media poll to start off the season in the preseason poll. And then they proceed to lose to North Myrtle. They still got ranked 10th. And then they proceed to lose to West Florence. And they've just had a huge fall from grace this season. Uh, And what's, what's even crazier about it, and this really just shows how powerful the just shows you how powerful region six four a is. They're still receiving votes. They're still receiving votes in the in the four A poll in their are and two. Now the likelihood of them making the playoffs is probably very slim. I mean they're only two at large and you know uh region six in 4A has four has three teams ranked and two teams receiving votes, so that just shows you how powerful that region is. And you know that's probably uh, and and again you know I'm I'm in the area so I see them a lot more often, but I honestly think top to bottom you know my minus. Mine is Darlington and South Florence this year, but you know like like in any top conference or region or what have you i mean look at the s e c everyone touts the s e c as the best region in in the world or the best conference in the world. <clears throat> everyone touts the s e c as the best conference in college football, yet they have say at least two maybe even three schools that you would say are perennial cellar dwellers at this point and are complete jokes of the sec you've got vanderbilt as a a definite one you've got kentucky for the most part most years and unfortunately sometimes you've got south carolina and so even the best conference top to bottom still has some, you know, some weaklings that are going to be there just to take losses, essentially. And that's unfor- That's what Darlington is definitely. And it, it seems like that's what uh, South Florence is. Uh, but what's crazy is that Hartsville, who is ranked, or who was ranked going into the season and is still receiving votes has yet to win a game. And that's, that's the crazy stuff. It It, it reminds me of, um, you know, an SEC school um, that loses two closely fought games to start off the season who went, who came into the season ranked who law, who loses two closely fought games to start off the season but then it's still rank or still receiving votes. We've finally got Wes on the line. So, hey, Wes, how's it going?
3: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
2: Good, good. Ha, let me first ask, how how does it feel finally having a full slate of games on your plate uh, this weekend?
3: It's awesome. We've been looking forward to it pretty much since uh, August for, for the South Carolina High School League to make their return, and, we are now having pretty much everybody in our vicinity of coverage playing football this weekend. And Hilton Island, uh, they've had to wait a long time. Yeah, yeah. This is their first game after waiting a, a while due to COVID-19, a positive test in the program. Now yeah. they're finally able to, to start their season. They're taking on their rivals, which makes it even awesomer. Uh, to, to start the year going against Bluffton, the Ridge Bowl rivalry. So B.J. Payne, been coaching over there for a while. Really excited to to see that one, but, but the game of the week here in the low country, the Buford Eagles going up against the May River Sharks, May River, at number eight in the 4A poll. Buford receiving votes going to be an epic showdown. Buford with a uh, fantastic quarterback missed a lot last year, but is uh, healthy now and has been putting on a heck of a show uh, in that in that first opening week win over James Island. He uh, can throw it, and uh, he can also take off and run it. they got some great running backs, so uh, a fantastic defensive line that's their strength is that d may river You got probably the best quarterback in the area in a mind green a really nice tandem so far this year uh getting jaden jones and Cameron scott both in the run game uh they clobbered Boston. uh their, their cross tie rivals last 56 to 6 so uh, the kings of the area now they're trying to, to take time in what is most likely our region championship here um in, in 7-4-a so uh Uh, Just great to have all the big names, all the big teams back out there, and and you couldn't have uh, better duels this week here in the low country on a Friday night.
2: Well, let's start off with uh, Hilton Head since you mentioned it. They did have to uh, postpone their first two games due due to a positive case, and now, like you mentioned, they have to travel to Bluffton to face their rival do you think, and, and Bluffton hasn't been playing all that well to start off the season, so they're 0, they're 0-2 right now, losing to both Carlton County and May River to start off the season. How do you see this one playing out? Do you think Hilton Head is going to have a little bit of rust going into this one? It is a rivalry game. It's one of those games that's kind of, on paper, you're thinking Hilton Head Island has it in the bag, but do they really? You're
3: exactly right on this one, Hilton had Obviously, uh, the better team in terms of talent. Uh, they, they have a, a fantastic quarterback, Sam Stuma, who, who actually uh, played at John Paul II, a private school in the area, before uh, going over to Hilton Head. And now uh, he is going to uh, lead their offense. And, and my goodness, uh, how much praise has been uh, put on him for, for his leadership ability. He's going to have a fantastic season. And uh, just one of those guys who can transform and, and and improve an entire unit. I have an excellent year at the helm of, of Hilton Island, but as you said, uh, the rust is definitely going to be a factor. I mean, Hilton hasn't played a, a game yet against a live opponent. Bluffton's already had two weeks to play, so you kind of, from that sample size, are able to kind of uh, find some ways to make adjustments and improve your team um, over the last couple of weeks in Hilton. I mean, so much uncertainty you're going through this period of COVID where you really don't know when you can actually start to. Season and, and now you actually have to to go and, and play an opponent, so that rust can be a huge factor. It gives Bluffton a, a much better chance of a competing and, and maybe even stealing one from the Seahawks. And uh, Bluffton, of course, you got an unproven quarterback, uh, Nate Hoyt, who's uh, kind of been a little iffy so far uh, in, in the early season, but he did have to make some picks. The May River game uh, made a really nice throw to Jalen Linder uh, for a long touchdown pass in, in the fourth quarter of that game. So definitely some. Uh, Opt in as a mayor for Nate Hoyt. Uh, Kyle Simmons, the star, though, uh, fantastic running back who uh, is the main contributor on offense. So uh, Hilton heads run defense uh, going to have to to be good in order to to shut down that Bluffton attack. I think it did take away Kyle Simmons uh, has a great chance of, of stopping the Bluffton Bobcats for this one. But uh, yeah, Bluffton's defense—they uh, nothing to do that uh, Hilton should be able to run all over them. Uh, Lavarius Brown coming back, uh, some leadership at running back, and so uh, she, he should uh, have have a, have a great game against the Florida defense. That, that was gashed by May River. They're they're the running backs. I, I really like Laverus Brown. He's had a, a really good year along with Evan Elliott, uh, who uh, fixed his damage in his rivalry game last year, catching a long touchdown pass from uh, Gaston Moore's Mill at UCF. Uh, but uh, Evan Elliott a nice has to have them on the defensive side. Jalen Sneed. Uh, what a player he is at linebacker. He's gotten offers from nearly all the big SEC schools. been a whirlwind of recruiting this past uh, offseason, and Jalen actually just got an offer to play at the uh, yes. Under Armour All-American game in 2022. So uh, he's kind of what, on paper, as you said, it is the better team. But uh, you talk about every any given Sunday in the NFL or in, in terms of high school football, any given Friday night, and you and talk about obviously a rivalry game. He can throw up those records down anyway. But in the situation that we're now in with Hiltmed having to come out of this uncertain COVID situation, Bluffton's already, I, I mean, they haven't been great, but you can say they're ready in mid-season form as, as they kind of are adjusting, they're, they're kind of seeing what they do right, what they do wrong. And so in that sense, I think Bluffton has a much better chance than they
0: would normally have.
3: So Bluffton's at home. This one should, should very, very uh, much be, be a close game. And, you know, I really think this one could go either, either way. Um I think the quarterback play can really push this one over the top of the Seahawks. Sam Suma, a huge, huge advantage of a point. But as you said, Milton had haven't had the opportunity to play a lot of opponents, so it could be a lot more closer to Zolan. I wouldn't be surprised if Bluffton could steal this one.
2: Well, like you mentioned, let's talk about that quarterback play for a second because like you mentioned, Gaston Moore gone. He's off at UCF now. How much pressure is the new quarterback putting on his shoulders, knowing that he has to come in after, following Morris performance uh last season and really focused on you know taking the helm of this team
3: it's always hard to follow up a guy who's, who's been so good for a program and Gaston Moore pretty much uh, checked all the boxes he is everything you want as a quarterback to to lead your high school program and now you come in uh, uh and take over and that's difficult to do now here's what here's what makes Sam so much different he's been there before in some big games, and he's won. He's won at JP2. Obviously, JP2, uh, a, a different program, different kind of environment, than Hilton and Hilton had a different environment than, um, uh, for a football program, but Sam Suma has been there before. He's won the big games and made, made some some really big plays uh, to, to get John Paul far in the playoffs a couple of years ago, so this is a guy who is has uh, been tested before. He's proven it. A lot different circumstances uh, on this, this, this time, but I think Sam Suman is a proven guy who's a proven
0: leader who
3: can elevate his entire team. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously in, in normal, normal circumstances, when you have a guy who's kind of young and coming up, it's going to be hard to tell and kind of uh, see whether or not he will thrive. Uh, but Sam Suman is kind of one of those guys where I have trusted him already to, to perform. I mean, obviously Gaston Moore is a fantastic player, but this is one of the situations where I think this guy can step right in and uh, play as good or even better uh, think Gaston Moore and I think Sam Suma's up to the challenge.
2: Wow. Hi, high praise on on Suma there. And, and you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your your big your big defensive guy over there Jalen Snead. Uh, how much uh, how much of an impact is he going to have in getting this Hilton Head team off the ground and and being that catalyst on defense? Well, it's
3: going to be so, so important, even more than it would be normally, because uh, when you look at Hilton return, he's only four returning players on defense. And so um, you lose Cole DeMarzo, who was the big impact player from last year um, in the secondary, mm-hmm. but he also kind of played a Ruby linebacker role as well. So he was pretty much everywhere on the uh, defensive side. Now you lose him. Uh, you lose Christian Miller, who was the league quarterback last year. You um, know, I think he's so a bunch of guys in that secondary. and. and around that defensive uh, area for the, for the Hilton Seahawks are gone. And now uh, Jalen King is, is the big man on campus. The guy is going to have to step up. We've already seen how well he can play, but uh, he's going to have to take it upon himself to, to elevate the entire defense. I mean, when you talk about Sam Sue being the leader of the offensive side, uh, uh, Jalen King is the same thing uh, for the defensive side of the ball uh, as Dean. You know, I mean, there are some guys who can make an impact. I think for the Seahawks, uh, um, along with Seed, I mean, you got some some young players: Jaden Gilliam, Marty Ford, and Ryan Clark. Uh, Gilliam trying to, to fill those big shoes at corner. You got Ford to
2: maybe provide
3: a compliment to Seed linebacker. But, uh, uh, with the play you see of Jalen Seed just flying all over the place, making stops, and, and just kind of that guy who uh, you know will come up big, and and he's been proven before. I, I, I mean, Jalen's got to got to be the person who uh, elevates that the, the uh, entirety of, of that Hilton head defense. And I know he's going to play well. I know he's going to have a big season, uh, but the question is, uh, I mean, one guy who who can do that is a huge, huge asset to your defense, but can there be a secondary complement who can step up alongside Jalen to put that defense to the next level? Uh, he's going to have a, he's going to have a monster season. Uh, obviously, obviously, uh, uh, Coaches, opposing coaches, are going to try to do their best to try to, to, to run away from him or, or try to kind of block them. Or, I mean, it would be difficult to do, but they're going to, they're going to try their best to try to take Snead out of the game. Can some of those younger players step up and, and provide that, that uh, second catalyst in order to propel that defense? So, I mean, Snead's going to have a great season for Hilton Head because they lost so many pieces. It's okay. going to take more than just one player to fill that hole
2: absolutely definitely in football more than probably any other sport is so much of a team sport so you can't just rely on one superstar to carry the the team especially on defense Mo- switching gears over to the big matchup this week may river against buford do you think this is the matchup that will decide region seven or do you think there is that possibility of either county or? Uh, or Hilton head still, you know, pulling that out and, and get, and, you know, getting to the top of the region.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll in James Island. Uh, you can pretty much count those two out in terms of recent uh, titles, but uh, Colleton County, uh, Hilton head, Hilton Head's kind of the dark horse. I mentioned Sam Suma, I was really high in the leadership, but um, obviously Hilton head, if they can get on the run early and kind of, uh, in terms of, I mean, obviously, you don't want to deal with COVID, but kind of what you got from COVID is Hilton was supposed to open up with Buford. Now they get to open up with Bluffton. Bluffton's is a much easier opponent. So kind of um, Hilton had the chance to kind of maybe play a lesser opponent, kind of build up to the level that you're ready to take on Buford and May River. And so Hilton had kind of gets that chance to play a lesser opponent um, where they actually, before COVID, they would have had to play Buford first. So um, Hilton, it, it, for, for Hilton, it, I guess, you have a chance to to play an opponent that's not as good to kind of uh, get things get things ready to to take on the, the biggest teams. Obviously, because only two teams make the playoffs, so you have very very little room for error. And so um, playing those those lesser teams gives you that experience as as a new unit to to allow you to to maybe get more confident if you can beat Bluffton uh, to, to get ready to take on the top teams. But yeah, I think Buford and May River are the two clear favorites in the region, uh, along with Hilton, is at third course, as I said. A lot of question marks for the Knox. Uh, I think Buford and May River are clearly the two best teams in this region. Uh, complete defensive units. Uh, May River uh, all around the defensive side of the ball. Buford that defensive line, as I mentioned, uh, the strength of that team. And uh, when you, you look at the offenses uh, for, for the Buford Eagles, you got Tyler Haley, uh, as I said, um, at the top, uh, a guy who uh, – has been getting better throwing the football, uh, obviously uh, coming back with an injury, but looked phenomenal in that first game, of 48-6 round of Rhode Island, uh, threw a touchdown pass, uh, ran one in, and, and then uh, got a, a couple of, of really, really good running backs. Uh, they replaced James David, who was a star last year, with Housel and Amari Morris, uh, who were big contributors. Um, a, a really nice ball from Haley to Marcus Goodwater in that game, so Buford offense is very impressive, of course. So then the kind of the wrinkle uh, for Buford is last year when they when they got to the unexpected region title, they kind of uh, brought in this other guy uh, after Haley went down, uh, to play quarterback, and that was Daniel Ferries, and it was a kind of transition from a from a traditional passing running offense to more an option offense, and Daniel Ferries uh, was was the guy who orchestrated that, and. and Got them all the way to the region titles, so I don't think they completely get rid of that. I think you see Daniel Ferries at some point to run an option attack, maybe in a goal line, maybe in situations during the game, trying to run out the clock, have the lead late, kind of other situations in the game. Maybe we go with that option rushing offense with Daniel Ferries instead of Tyler Haley. But I mean, obviously, if you're trailing late, Tyler Haley's got to have the arm out there, so it kind of depends on game situation, but. What I think I like about Buford is they present uh, two dimensional offense more so than many uh, many other years before. So that's what makes Buford so dangerous. Uh, and, and then going over to May River, uh, you've got a mod green, uh, uh a star in all sense of the um, can, can run past as quickly, he can uh, run for a touchdown on, on uh play. Um just a, an electric guy who who can break tackles, he can he can just uh, he can throw it, too, but the, uh, he actually ran
0: for more yards than he threw for last year. He's a, he's a runner first,
3: even though he, he has a QB size designation. But uh, he, he's a, a fantastic runner. Um, they also lost a, a, a big running back, Donovan Wayne, who, who was their big workhorse last year, who's gone. So now they got Jaden Jones and Cameron Scott, who's doing really well against and I was there last week. Uh, they took down the Bobcats uh, 56-6. Uh, domination over there at the shark take. and then Jaden Jones, Cameron Scott, uh, both different running backs but both produced uh, very well and to see both of them uh in a factor in this one. Um and then uh, another guy to watch out for is Stephon Gatson at wide receiver um who kinda of touched down pass uh in the win over the bluff and Bobcat uh uh a speedy guy but uh can also be used and uh kinda of taking the place of Terry Fields last year uh who's a really good uh Defensive uh, corner, but also wide receiver, special teamer. So, uh, like a, a versatile player, uh, Safan gatson uh, he actually also was a – he's probably a better defensive player than he is an offensive player. He, uh, he he led the area in picks last year. So, uh, and he makes, makes a bunch of tackles. Uh, and then uh, a great player all around. It, it, it's interesting because these two offenses are great, but there's some defensive pieces on those sides as well. Uh, beefert has got Iman small Smalls, Theo Washington. Calvin Wilson, a very very strong defensive line. Uh, Bay River. Um, I talked about Captain, but then Eli Hall is a big name. Uh, flying all around, uh, just a tackling machine. Eli Hall, um, probably the best guy on that defensive he was By far the player of the game against Bluffton. Uh, I thought offense and defense. He was the the best player on the field that night um, in that Bluffton game. Uh, just high energy, making all the plays. Fantastic guy to watch. So uh, it's going to be. A fantastic tough match between two really great coaches, Ted Rodney Summers for May River and Bryce Levern for Buford. So yeah, the, these are uh, by far I would say the best two teams in the region and the winner of this one should uh, more than likely unless it makes some incredible run, uh, uh winner of that one will most likely take home the region title.
2: Who who do you have uh winning this one?
3: You know, I've been going back and forth on it, but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go with May River. I, I just think that this is a team that's been experienced, been in these situations before. Ahmad Green's the best player on the field. Um, I'll, I'll take him against anybody. Um, and then you got that that complete defense all the way down um, from the defensive line and, and all the way up to Stefan Gads and Eli Hall. Um, and then you got a, a solid offensive line who I think can go up against Emon Smalls and Washington. Wilson at Buford. I think they can they can. Uh, Hold their own against the Eagles, and I just, I, I obviously I, I like sometimes attend with the home team when the game is as close as it is, and I, I obviously will be a great representation by by both teams of, in this one. And, uh, I'll tell you what, if uh, if you're lucky to get tickets to this one, uh, congratulations, because these tickets <laughs> are going to be a very very difficult to obtain. And obviously, mm-hmm. the COVID regulations, yeah. Uh, fans will be able to go into the to the. To the stadium, uh, so uh, yeah, tickets are going to be hard to come by for this one. Uh, it's going to be uh, the game of the year, probably the loco. I, I just like I've been going back and forth, and I, I think either team can come away with the win. It's very, it's going to be very close in terms of the deciding factor. It's going to be the line of scrimmage. Whoever uh, really can, can control that that line is going to win this game. And I, I really, I, I said I, I believe in May River. I believe in an offensive line, but. If Buford can take advantage uh, um, of, of having Iman Smalls, the you know, Washington Iman Smalls, uh, he's gotten some looks. Uh, I believe an offer from South Carolina, so um, he, he's a guy who's, who's a breakout star. He already has been, but he's going to be a, a beast this year. Washington is losing their bats too, uh, but but yeah, it's going to be a, a very close game. I I, I just in these situations, I'm just going to go with the. I'm going to go with the team, and and also uh, Buford beat May River last year. Um, May River was a 3 8 last year, and they a 4 8 but um, yeah. they kind of snuck up on the Sharks uh, mostly because Daniel Ferry's um, that rushing attack. But uh, yeah, I, I like I said, it's it's going to be a a very very a close game. It's going to be decided by maybe one or two mistakes. Um, I, I just in this situation, I'm just going to go with the more experienced team. Uh, the more dangerous team front to back, and that's
2: May River. Cut, coming up on the bottom of the arrow, just a couple of final questions for you. First off, the fact that you said, you know, May River er, was in 3A last year. How shocked are you that they've been able to make that transition up a classification and still be so dominant already?
3: Yeah, you know, May River um, obviously got to the state finals, or Rather they, they got to the uh Little State Finals last year, they lost to Bill um, they they just fell short of the state championship game and uh I think the big the big reason why I thought they would excel at this level was Ahmad Green. Um Ahmad coming back is, is hu- just a huge leader, uh, just huge talent, uh and, and having him back in that lineup just makes everybody better on that team and I just I just think uh Rodney Summers and the experience that he had building that Team to, to go on a playoff front in 3A, uh, even though they didn't go all the way to the state finals. Just that experience is is, is really something that can take them uh, to success in 4A. And, and I mean, I don't think there's there's that large of a of a difference between uh, the talents at that level. Uh, there's, there's a small difference, but I just think, I mean, I think they were able to go against a bunch of 4A teams last year and, and held held on, held their own with them. Uh, so. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I thought May River would would um, win this. Obviously, win the region and going far in the state playoffs. Uh, those are two other two different questions. Obviously, I think May River is the best team in this region uh, in terms of, of going far and, and getting to the state finals. Uh, that's going to be a, 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 a tough task. But you know what? They're number eight in 4A. Um, I didn't expect them probably to be to be ranked at this point, uh, especially by how how seamlessly the transition has gone between. Uh, 3A and 4A, and, and that May River uh, is already up into the, the 4A polls, and of course, that's uh, that pedigree of having the experience earlier in 3A and succeeding. And, and I mean, it's it's just the next level up. Obviously, the competition's a little better, but but this formula that May River as 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 um, possessed, they they've been just uh, tweaking it a little bit. Of course, you lose Jonathan Ling, uh, you lose a couple of pieces from last year, Terry Fields, but. Uh, uh the, the core starting with mod Green is is back for the season and uh, I, I think uh I, I expected May River to compete in four A, I expected May River to win four A, so uh I, I'm not too surprised to see the success they've had.
2: One final question before you, we let you go. Has there been any real impact or is it just kinda it, it makes it kinda makes it easier to schedule with an even number of teams with the fact that Lucy Beckham decided to opt out this season,
3: yeah, uh, well, the six teams definitely—you uh, don't have to worry about, it about a bye week, which is obviously important uh, in terms of uh, COVID—and and obviously since team, like Hilton had uh, they had to wait two weeks before they they were able to play, and so um, having an even number of teams will, will make scheduling a lot easier and. Uh, So it it definitely helps during the time and and such uncertainty in COVID when at a moment's notice if if someone tests positive and everybody has to go into quarantine. And so uh, in terms of that, it definitely makes scheduling easier in this region. But um, I think South Carolina High School League did a great job in in kind of preparing, laying down the the framework of the schedule, trying to to fit in a, 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 a season uh, not a full season, but a season—a a full enough season where you're able to to crown a legitimate region championship in order for each team to play all the other teams. So uh, they took their time, they waited, they they tried to kind of uh, piece together what would be the best kind of protocol leading up to the season. I think they did a great job with that, uh, and now uh, we're going to get a—we've a, already been in—but but we're going to get a, a, a outstanding uh, region schedule, region slate where uh, each team is going to play each other. Hopefully. Uh, knock on wood that we don't get any more positive tests um, around the area. But uh, if all goes well, we're going to have enough weeks in the season to, to um, go through a, a round robin where each team plays each other and we're going to get a, a legitimate region champion.
2: Well, you know, even though it started off kind of bad with, with Hilton head low country has been doing a lot better than the Midlands when it comes to uh positive tests, So, Hopefully for you guys, that, that stays the same. And, uh, and we're able to get the remainder of the season through without any more problems. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight and, uh, have, have fun. Where where are you going to be at tomorrow? I'm
3: going over to May River.
2: Well, that figures. Well, have fun in that one. That's sure, that's sure to be a good matchup. That is the game to watch down in the low country. Uh, That is for sure May River against uh, Buford. Uh, Absolutely. So so good. Have fun with that one, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Yep. We'll take a quick break and then come right back and wrap things up here on Southern Sports Central. Stay tuned, everyone.
8: The bad boys harassment just in competition when the war is their mission. Not no mercy, see the race for the street If you don't know, you better find out the war pack here to a point. Number one, just believe that you don't want to touch with them. I'll be i them, coming to the bring with them. You never. Now it's time to show you we're wrong in the rain This is poor. all you suck, are strong Day in, day out, the wolf pack for life Tell me who has the guts to come in the rain tonight Don't care about the replicas, we make our own booth You don't have what it takes to fill their shoes See, it's just a crowd pleaser on the ground to leave You're the punishment for making enemies for these soldiers So you're back on the wolf pack. Wolf Pack is back because of mass destruction. Gats receive the bad boys' harassment. Testing competition when the war is the mission. Not no mercy, see the race like not the street. If you don't know, you better find out the Wolf Pack. will to a point, number one, just believe that you don't want to touch with them. I'll be here for them, coming to the ring with them. You're never walking out again.
2: Welcome back to Southern Sports Central as we have a little over 20 minutes left to go on the show. Still, we'll see if Richie decides to call back in before the show ends, but I'm here. I'm Brandon Biscobing talking some high school sports down here in South Carolina, and, of course, I have my show tomorrow, tomorrow morning, Sports Unlimited, so... And as always, if you want to call in and talk some high school sports, college sports, pro sports, whether it's right now or tomorrow morning, be sure to do so. 323 784 9681 is that number to call. That number again 323 784 9681. And yeah, we had a nice little conversation with us right there about the Low Country. And, you know, it seems like there's a matchup just about everywhere. The only place that there really isn't that, you know, go-to match. Uh, You know, there are some good matchups in the upstate this week as well, but there really isn't that one be-all, end-all, winner-take-all type of matchup. It was supposed to be Burns against Dorman this week but that got postponed because of positive cases. So that and and that actually um impacted there were a couple of uh games that were postponed this week that impacts other schools indirectly, both Carolina Forest and uh well not that one, but there's a few uh a, a few Midlands games that were postponed that indirectly affected some Grand Strand teams because Westwood had to their game this week got postponed they were supposed to uh they were pl- supposed to play drahair Hair uh this week um but they had some at least potential positive cases uh because of cases at Loga Felgen um And as a result, they had to push their next two games back. And as a result of that, they were supposed to play Carolina Forest in week six on the 30th. And that won't happen now. So that, you know, that affects that. And then Blythewood had to push some games back, cases there, and they were supposed to play Conway on the 30th. So, you know. While while not everyone's getting affected directly, it seems like just about every region in the area and yeah you know, probably probably don't affect every school. But just about every school is getting affected in some way, shape, or form. Uh but, you know, a lot of good matchups this weekend, like I mentioned. Uh you know, going down like like I said, Burns and Dorman was supposed to happen this weekend. That would have been a big matchup, but that's not happening this week. Uh obviously you've got the um you've got Dutch Fork River Bluff. That should be a fun matchup. Uh River Bluff, they're they're kind of in the same position as Hilton Head was. Uh both them and Lexington both in that same position as Hilton Head is of their first two games were postponed, and now they're having to play their first game of the season. And it really impacts River Bluff because now they have to go up and face Dutch Fork in their first game of the season. And that's a big, big matchup uh, to, have to go up against. That's a big test to have to go into to start off the season. That is not the way you want to want to start your season. If you're any school and now that now River Bluff has to do it. Obviously, like we mentioned, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, you've got Carolina force and Sumter. That's going to be a huge matchup for both schools. Uh, will pretty much determine the winner of region six, five, a, uh, going down, uh, you know, to the low country. You know, West Ashley against Somerville. That should be a good matchup. That, you know, if if West Ashley wins that game, which they should, it pretty much guarantees that they will, you know, be be in the playoffs because that would give Somerville a one and one record, get, give West Ashley a three and zero record. So, barring something crazy, they more than likely. Would- in the playoffs, even if they don't necessarily uh, win, win at all. Um, but the next, the next two weeks are big matchups for West Ashley, Fort Dorchester. You know, lots of games, lots of big matchups. And and the one thing I mentioned, and you know, I I forgot to mention this to Wes when we were talking to him. But what's kind of ironic. And, you know, obviously they didn't intentionally do this. They didn't mean to, you know, they, they, I mean, in an ideal world, the, the coach over at Hilton Ed may be thinking, okay, this is kind of fortuitous for us. But at the same time, I'm sure he's been, he's been itching to start the season and he wanted to play the last two weeks. But in a weird twist of fate, they, they basically lucked out by those cases because now instead of, you know, they were supposed to open up the season against Buford and Carlton County, which those two teams are two of the top teams in the season. And now instead they have to, they, they get to face the two cellar dwellers in Bluffton and James Island to start off the season. So they essentially are allowed to use those first two games as, you know, ass- assuming that they play the way they're supposed to play. Now this is a big assumption but you know as long as they play the games that they're supposed to play those two games should be easily winnable games for the Seahawks so you know assuming that they're able to do that you know that gives them a big help uh moving forward because then they have to get into their stronger region schedule because as a result of those two cancellations, they don't get any non-region games. So they just they have to play region games the entire time. But those first two games will be good tests for them going into the latter portion uh, of the games. Um, looking, looking more into 4A, you know... Like I, like we mentioned earlier, West Florence against Myrtle Beach, that's going to be a big matchup. That's going to be a big game to really see who the cream of the crop is in Region 6 4 A. You've got North Myrtle Beach against Wilson. That game, you know, it's going to decide whether Wilson is, you know, still a real threat or if they're going to fall further down. What's crazy, you know, you've got Wilson and Hartsville, both, who Hartsville has had 0-2, and 0-2 in the region, and yet they're still receiving votes in the polls. They're still considered one of the better teams in the state. And I would dare say it, if you stuck them in any other region, you know, maybe one or two of the other regions, would give them a legitimate threat. And I'm sure some of the other teams you know, around the state would give them a real threat. But if you stuck them in any other region in 4A, I think they would have at least one win at this point. Now, of course, it also depends upon schedule. Because if they were playing, say, you know, if they were playing Darlington and South Florence to start off the season, they'd probably be 2-0 to start off. But that just shows how powerful Region 6 is, that, you know, they there are five legitimate teams in that region that can beat each other on any given week. And it's going to be kind of interesting, especially, you know, I still think Myrtle Beach is the cream of the crop in Region 6. I still think they are in the state as a whole. But it's going to be interesting, and I, this is a, this is something I mention when it comes to the SEC all the time in college. After having to go through the gauntlet that is Region 6, and what's even worse for them is outside of South Florence, which they play on the 30th, they have to contend with four legitimate threats. You know, they got they got through Darlington to start off the season. They got off easy. They started off easy. But they have to play West Florence this week, which is the game of the week. They have to go they have to travel to Hartsville, have to travel to Wilson, play South Florence, and then they have to travel to North Merle Beach. And while I think they'll be able to win most, if not all of those games it's going to be a battle. And the key for Myrtle Beach, if they want to win a state championship, is to get out of those games unscathed. And that's the big question. Especially in football. And so, you know, that's going to be those matchups. I, I think... And, and you know, there are other regions that are fun to watch. There are other teams that are fun to watch throughout the state, obviously. But I think Region 6-4A, top to bottom, is the most fun region to watch in the state. Because you have so many different teams, and they can all beat up on each other on any given week. And I think we have Richie back with us. Richie, is there?
1: Yes, sir. I'm definitely here, man. So first of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming in yep. tonight and being a part of what we're all about—family. You know, we talk family, and uh, of course, uh, you know, we work out uh, on each one of our shows so that we can get out here and help out. As you know, I was uh, here at the ball game, and uh, the Fort Norchester Patriots B team beats up their rival, fourteen to nothing tonight. Uh, the Somerville Green Wave. Uh, we do have an update, by the way, here in five A football. Uh, if you're keeping up with what's going on. Uh, here with 5A football, where David Shelton is coming to you at the, of course, uh, Berkeley game. They lead, I believe it's probably halftime now, 28 to nothing after a 35 pass from Minor to Butler. Uh, they now have the lead. That is the Berkeley Stags, 28 to nothing over the Ashley Ridge Swamp Fox. So Shane Filler, as you know, was down there at Walker Mall, a, a little bit smaller school there on the Grand Strand in Georgetown County. Uh, He comes up here, and boy, I tell you what, he has learned pretty quickly that this is a big dog where the 5A guys do some big things, and uh, he'll get it together. I got a lot of faith in him and that program that he'll build over there at Ashley Ridge. Uh, But I kind of caught in what you were saying, and and I agree with you. You know, 4A football in the Lowcountry, not really much of a a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at it, Brandon, you know, it's 5A and 3A down here, we got some 2A ballers down here too. But 4A, it's really – once you get down to the lower part of the low country where you got Beaufort and some of those guys, but James Island here within an arm reach of us is about the only school. But yeah, I think you're exactly right. The the shock to me in 4A football in that region, and I think you're talking about to me is Hartsville. I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time Hartsville struggled. You know, you got to remember Hartsville, Back in my day we didn't have five A, we had four A. Kinda like yeah. North Carolina has a, a, a SWIC sixteen and the lower sixteen. You know, we had that here and then we created the five A programs. But, you know, back in the day Hartsville was was, was part of the Conway, Sakasty, Dillon, Marble County, Wilson, Darlington conference. You know, West uh-huh. Lawrence and South Lawrence were in that. That was a pretty good region back in the day.
0: Uh-huh. But uh,
1: you know, and then the shocker on the other side is is West Florence. You know, are they legit? Are they real? Can they Can they battle? Can they grind? I mean, I guess you'll find out tomorrow.
0: We'll I mean, find yeah, to we'll out this week.
1: Yeah. Can they cover? You know, that's my thing. You can cover one receiver. But which one uh, do you cover, JJ? Yeah. Or do you cover Randall? You know, yeah. which one of those two premier wide receivers, you know, that you cover? And, and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I was looking forward to seeing both of those guys in action because the team that I cover, like that you cover there on the Grand Strand, I cover Ford or Cheshire, and we had yeah. them on the schedule. We were actually going to first play them, I think, last
2: weekend. Because so of the did schedule we. Change. we didn't. Right. Now, we, now we got that, to see them was, in scrimmage. Right. I would love to see it happen, and apparently they – there were rumors about it trying to happen for this current realignment, but it never ended up happening. But apparently okay. I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, certain schools are really trying to push for this to happen. A a super beach league on the next realignment with North Myrtle, Myrtle, Conway, Carolina Forest, Socasty, And I I would assume St. James tossed in there as well. The only problem with that right now with 5A is that they're only doing 45. So you'd have to figure out a way to get that team in. But having a Super Beach region with those schools. But, you
1: know, Myrtle Beach has never been part of the – and, again, I'm not downplaying Myrtle Beach. Yeah. But even when, again – Many moons ago and some dirt roads that have been paved in my days over at Socrates, <laughs> you know, I was around when Homestown Road was a barely two-lane, really one-lane, bumpy road from St. James Middle School to Surfside Beach. And by then, Myrtle Beach was 3A. They've never been that I remember, and I'm sure maybe way the back moons ago they might have been, Brandon, but they've always been a classification behind everybody else. But so I don't know statistically numbers in the students is where that falls. But I would love to see that happen. Yeah, because I, well, I think there's times that the other 5A schools, like let's say Stahl, for example. My heart goes out to those guys. They struggle. They struggle. And to be honest with you, Berkeley. You know, Berkeley at one point, to be honest, they probably should be 4A. But because they don't want to travel down to Buford to play football, because that's where the most 4A schools would be at. And I think you remember right when this realignment, Berkeley at one point I saw them actually in one of the modules that had them on the Grand Strand schedules. So there's no guarantee that's where they would be because they're not that. They're at month's Corner. So you had what 521. You can get to Myrtle Beach, but what's the difference yeah. between the two? You know, what, yeah. an hour and a half to Myrtle Beach from 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 Corner, or an hour and a half going down in the lower part of the Low Country. Either mm-hmm. way, they're traveling, and it's like West Virginia. By God, in the Big Twelve, every game's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a travel like a bowl yeah. game. well, that's the crazy thing though I think you about too.
2: that's the crazy thing though about Region Four or Region Six Four A, is that you know you have North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach kind of as the outliers, basically like West Virginia and the Big 12, where the majority of their road games, they have to travel hour, hour and a half, two hours to get to where they have right. to go.
1: We talk about the travel part of it, Brandon, do, but do we probably need to look at the other problem, and that is the opportunity for something to go wrong, traveling-wise with an accident or any right. incident or something right. like that? I don't think we ever realized that that probably yeah. – some of the conversation that doesn't happen. Um, you know, I, I'll say this. I do want to say this because I do know we don't have a whole lot of time left. I do want to thank Brandon Bischoffing who stepped in and stepped up tonight. Uh, my, for whatever reason, my battery was losing its charge throughout the night as we had uh, a live uh, remote there at a high school football game. It was B team style. Of course, we're loving on we're loving on everybody. You know, it's not just the upper ends; it's the lower ends and everybody across the the, the waves there. And when you look at the big picture of things and how things kind of pan out, you know, we want to get out and about. We want to be around as much as we can. And not only love on the varsity guys, love on the JV guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Love on, you know, honestly, everybody. And, and have that opportunity to give some of these young guys some, some 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 opportunities to see us out in the streets. And that's what we do, you know. But I want to thank him. Brandon, of course, you did a great job tonight, buddy. I want to thank David Shelton. He, of course, always is going to be joining us, it looks like, on Thursday nights. Going forward, it'll be Wednesdays. as uh, We'll get back to our normally programmed schedule here. He's with the Post and Courier. 7 o'clock, we heard from the head coach from Oceanside. He's one half of the teams that is part of our game of the week, and that is the Land Shards. They'll be hosting the coach that was the 730 guest, Enard Craig and the Hanahan Hawks. Winner in that matchup could easily win the region. The winner of that one can easily have home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. The loser of that one can easily fall into second place. You know, check it out. That could also mean, because the second place in that region is bound for the road from the beginning to the end of the championship games. So they will be a road warrior come playoff time. And then I know you got a chance to talk to Wes Kerr. He is with the Loco Loco Sports. They cover all the lower part of the low country. A lot of big names and big teams down there in the Buford, Hilton, Head area. And I hate that I missed him, but I know you did a phenomenal job. And maybe don't yourself a guest for yourself, as you can hear Brandon Biscoe being in the morning as he will bring you that Friday morning kickoff for the Friday night lights coming up the, at the end of that, of course, the evening. But he has, of course, uh, Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central kicking off at 7 o'clock and going to roll for three hours. I am sure I'll jump in for a little while with you. I'm sure some of our other guys and girls will jump in and I always know you have a, a five star guest list and a few players sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the players jump in. But, I uh, know what I've, you got planned for tomorrow, brother.
2: Well, I've got uh so far I've got Caleb Godfrey, uh offensive lineman for Carolina Forest coming in talking about that big matchup, that big hoss fight uh this week this uh tomorrow night against Sumter. Uh, and then uh, I've got Lou from the state joining me, uh, and then I also have Brandon Dunn from uh, WPDE com- coming on at 9. So going to have a big lineup. May, may have one more guest coming on, uh, but we'll we'll see. But there we go. Well, oh,
1: so 7 o'clock kickoff, that's tomorrow morning's show. So you want to make sure that you set those alarms, get your watches, do whatever you got to do, but you want to make sure Lou, of course, uh, as we talked a lot of good when, about David Shelton, Ludo's does an incredible job. He's part of that dream team when it comes to writing and covering the stuff on that internet. Of course, he's a beat writer for the state paper, and uh, well, Brandon of course over there with uh, the TV station in Myrtle Beach. Uh, so, man, you're going to be covered and smothered, man. The bar's been a great show for you, and I can't wait to, uh, to hear some of your guests. But uh, man, I tell you what, we'll know a lot more. We'll know a lot more when we get back on the radio on Monday. Of course, Southern Sports Central live Monday afternoon, 6 to 9. We'll be recapping the weekend that was. Don't forget, uh, we are live seven days a week. Seven days a week. So, gonna make sure that you go to Southern Sports Central on Facebook and at SO Sports Central on Twitter. We're up against it, guys. It's been a great show. Again, thanks to all of our guests. Thank you to all of our listeners. And most of all, Brandon Biscoe, brother, thank you. Thank you for stepping up and uh, doing what family does and taking care of one another. So, with all of us, to all of you, we say good night, stay safe, God bless, and we'll see you bright and early in the morning. And Brandon Biscoe bring, brings you Sports Unlimited right here we'll start with Southern Sports Central, guys. Have a good night.